Floating Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 86. My name is Dave Z. Hi, everybody. I'm Christian. Hi, guys. I'm Brandon. No, you're not. You you are Grimsby. I don't feel like Grimsby tonight. Oh, no. (laughs) Tonight tonight we've got Brandon. (laughs) Tonight you get Brandon. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. (laughs) Anyway... I'm drinking vodka, Absolute Dave, at your service. I'm going to talk all kinds of smack tonight, curse out half the world, <laughs> and everything else, and then be real calm later. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> so tonight, in the year of the patron, we continue. We're rocking and rolling. We have Matango, Cure, and Premonition. Matango! Yeah, we got the tickets. Ooh, we got the tickets. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no don't apologize. Yeah. Didn't yeah. that just did that just feel like Fandango? I, Fandango. I, every time oh. you say it, I thought I and I watch Mandingo, and my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mandingo, indeed. Okay, and Triple R's Kevin Corpy has decided that he wanted us to watch Grave Encounters one and two, so we did them on the same show, and uh, I mean makes a lot of sense but that's what we're doing tonight we're getting into some you know very different movies when you talk about grave encounters and when you talk about some j-horror but i'll tell you what i think you guys are in for a good show i'm feeling good absolute dave i'm not in a bad mood today everything's okay um caffeinated christian caffeinated christian yeah you're you're what's his name you're freaking um Crappuccino or uh, ice, ice cappuccino. Crappuccino. <laughs> what a fucking ass. I didn't mean to. I don't I, think, yeah, that's what's even funnier is that you didn't mean to. I didn't mean to because I, I was thinking of, um, what's his name, Beavis. Crappuccino. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I vaguely remember. That was just funny. Oh, yeah. Remember when he, when he turned into freaking Cornholio? He did that the one time. <laughs> no. So I always call it Crappuccino out, out of habit. So it is what it is. And Grimm's, ha- ha- no, not even Grimsby, but Brandon's still in good spirits, so we're going to be happy. No, He's I'm not- fine. I, could, I don't know why I said I'm not Grimsby tonight. That's okay. You don't have to be know. anybody you don't want to be. You're I'm- fine, man. You're fine. You're, I'm just, just happy an you're asshole. not a heel. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a heel. He's not a heel anymore. That was a short-lived gimmick. Although Halloween season is coming, he might shit talk about pumpkins again. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I saw that picture that uh, was it Jason Smith posted. Of that oh. house with all the pumpkins, and I was I was genuinely angry. Angry? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Was wow. it a Price? Jason Price? Or was it Smith? One of the two. Was it, was it Price? I don't know. Some Jason. Might have been Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> was it Lloyd? <laughs> it was Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> oh it was God. Lloyd Cockman. Lloyd yeah. Cockman. <laughs> 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 Who was Lloyd Cockman? Moose? <laughs> Isn't yeah, it, I, is think it, he, I think he was Lloyd Cockman for a little while. He was while. Lloyd Cockman uh, on a chat, yes. <laughs> That's yes. pretty funny, actually. Indeed. And I don't know anything about any of this stuff because I am no longer online. So, Bafangul. How's that? How's that? You want to talk to Dave Z? You listen to this show? Is that, is that your online you, name? <laughs> you message me. There you go. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I pulled the plug on my online presence. And, um, yeah, I, I've had enough. And I'll leave it at that. I will leave it at that. So, black ones, round ones, big ones, crazy ones. <laughs> I've got that damn song. In my, Talking I about Mandingo again? <laughs> is that is that Take the Pair? 
Yes, yes. Take the pear. Spill Eat the that water. fruit. <laughs> yep. Patrons. If you Patrons. weren't on, the thing is, we were talking about weird song lyrics before we got on the official show. So um, another reason to be a patron. Uh, you know, we get that little bonus bonus stuff. So, yeah, but whatever. Get on there. That's all I can say. Because there's going to be lots of bonuses going on. And I'll tell you what, we've been putting out a lot of those. Well, what do you call it lately, too? The um, the codes. The redeemers, I call them. <laughs> bonus shows, too. And I almost did one last night. But Digital codes. Digital codes. Thank you, sir. So, yeah, I guess we do have to do business as usual. Um, I'll tell you what. How many how many big shows do we have up? Next show we have uh, Nightbreed and the Descent and Videodrome, three movies, all very different, and that's going to be interesting. And then Pigs and Hell Knife for Triple R's. So yeah, after that episode eighty eight is nineteen eighty eight, the year in horror, ten Triple R's, boom, wow, wowzers, yeah. I know. And then eighty nine is the um the Sadness trilogy. Or I forgot what he called it, but I'll I'll, I'll get a better. Oh one. man, yeah, the hunt, the hunt, uh, dancer, dancer in, the in the dark, and Dear Zachary. Yep, yep. And then have, I, have either of you seen Dear Zachary? No, I remember you talking no. about it on your most disturbing. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man. I know, I know. Yep. But we're gonna have fun. Is, is that Zachary from about... Saved by the Bell? <laughs> yeah, Zach Morris. Okay. Dear Zachary, yeah. you're trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Zach> <laughs> Love Screech. <laughs> Nice. I'm surprised that they have not had a, a, a reunion show. You know, Although I there's something that's happened. It screeches in jail or something. Is he really? I, Did I, he make I, porn for a little while? I think well, he might have done that too. Dustin Diamond, mate. Man. Yeah. Did he really make porn? People wanted to see him in porno. Well, supposedly he's a big dick. A... I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's all that Wait, you need. A big dick and an director? afro. I think he has a big dong. Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. Don't hold me to it. I don't know for sure. Dustin Diamond is hung? Huh. Dustin Diamond, jail, net worth. Okay, let's see. Saved by the Bell. Let me see. What What should I look up about? Dustin Diamond. Um, porn. Dong. Images. <laughs> porn. Would you images. say porn? Porn images. Go right to oh. the... Oh! <laughs> Guess what, guys? Guess what? You guys were right. You were half right. Um, in an interview with the Daily Beast, which is described as enthusiastic, overly defensive, and a little manic, Diamond revealed that he wanted to be a nice guy again and that his whole dick image was a persona he created to distance himself from Screech and also get roles on Dexter and Breaking Bad. Okay, hold on a minute. That's the beginning of it. Wait a minute. Okay. It was all a joke, just like his sex video, which Diamond made because, dude, there's gold in them dicks. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> the bottom line is it was a fake dick. Using a stunt wang in porn. A fake dick. See, I knew that dude didn't have a big dick. I, just I, ha- I have an Asian friend named Stunt Wang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, a fake dick. And uh, I guess he's in jail, right? Or he did some jail time? Is that fake jail? <laughs> Let's see. Dustin Diamond, jail. Let's see. One more thing about him. Saved by the Bell, Dustin Diamond in jail. 2016. What did he do? Is he still there? That's the question. Hmm. Wait a minute. That's a black guy. That's not Dustin Diamond. <laughs> maybe Jill could be really hard on you. Maybe that was the stunt dick he used. <laughs> well, it's weird because I'm saying, oh, they're showing, they're showing all kinds of celebrity mug shots. Okay. All right. That wasn't him. Anyway, Dustin Diamond, best known for Screech. 
sentenced to four months in jail for stabbing a man during a Christmas Day 2014 altercation at a bar. He served three months of the sentence. Oh, big deal. So, whatever. So no reunion? He's, yeah, what's the deal? No reunion? Yeah, no one what's... wants to get stabbed, I guess. <laughs> Let's hey, see Lisa, what's why have you been rejecting me for 30 years? And then he slits her throat. Yeah. <laughs> Mario Lopez is too busy doing a crack in the floor part two. That, what? That's one of the things that pisses me off about Amazon Prime sometimes. You'll want, look at a movie and it and they date it like as if it just came out. And one of these movies happens to be a slasher film called The Crack in the Floor, which truth be told is a crap in the floor. It's, it's absolutely horrible. No, no redeeming values whatsoever. Uh, it's just not even a fun slasher because it's like practically goreless kills. Nobody you care about. Just brutal. No, no ending. Uh, but anyway, it came out like in 2000, 2001. My wife got it when, back when we first like were dating and she used to get all these screeners on video. And I remember she goes, oh, you love horror movies. Maybe you'll like this. And I watched it like back in like 2001. But on Prime, you put it on Prime, it's just like 2018, a crack in the floor. Dude, it says that for some movies that are from the 60s. It said that for one movie I saw this. I'm like, this looks familiar. It said 2019. Psycho. I looked up the film and it was, a, it was like a 60s horror film. That's so crazy. Yeah, they sometimes don't date them right. Sometimes, wow. yeah, evidently, yeah. Apparently, that's crazy. Too maybe because it was the first time it's ever been available in the states. Kind of like our rules for like um. Yeah, so know, it, ca- it counts for the year end show. So well, I, I had it on a physical <laughs> video like VHS back in two thousand one. Now, yeah, I am in Canada, but I I can't imagine I Canada land was of a... bag milk and stunt dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say Dustin Diamond was in Canada, you freak. I, I don't said, know. I just felt like, like that should be their, uh, I don't know. That should be on everyone's license plate in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute. You said you had a screener. And yeah. there you go. There's the answer. It only came out in Canada in 2001. Literally, that's what it says on the B. So Does for it? release dates. Yes. So it's never been released in the States until whatever, this year or last year. So Wow. Oh, and, yeah. and, and Gary Busey's in it for like 30 seconds to a minute, plays a crazy guy. Oh, really? Plays himself. Second billing. Yeah. Mario Lopez, yeah. right. Gary He's in Busey. it for like a minute, tops. Wow. <laughs> I reviewed it back. You can see it on my IMDb. I reviewed it way back in the day. I did call it a crap on the floor, I think, in my review. That's awesome. It, it, That's great. It, David Naughton was in there. Wow. It's just, I mean, it's on Prime. I mean, it's on, it, it's on Canadian Prime. It's got a 3.4, 3.2 rating on the B. Less than awful. a thousand people. Dude, sounds- 944 people have seen this movie, which was released in 2001. That just goes to show you it wasn't really, well, Canada doesn't count on the B. When did you watch this? 2000 and 2000, 2001. Yeah. Maybe even 2000. Oh, I thought Maybe you just recently saw it and watched it. And then no, no, I noticed it was on. Prime. I'm like this piece of shit with Mario Lopez. <laughs> Did they do a remake? What? And I went, no. It's a re-. I go 2018. They got to be kidding me, these bastards. You thought they did an updated version? You're like, hell yeah, I want to check this out. Yeah. Well, I want to see if the movie was as bad as I remember it. I'm going to spoil this. A guy wakes up, kills some people that are camping in the woods, goes back to sleep. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now, what what made the crack in the floor? Because that's where he slept. He slept like under the floor. Or Wouldn't they notice a huge crack and see that he's in there? It's not very subtle. <laughs> I don't know. What was it like a uh, like a trap door underneath, and you see the little crack? You've watched the movie. I can tell. 
No, like Evil Dead type thing. <laughs> no, I. Do you think I can remember? He hid under the floorboards because he was probably abused as a kid. I don't remember the movie In and Out. I remember more. Everybody died, and I. Well, again, In and I, Out. We're talking about being... Kevin Klein now. The fuck are Who? you talking about? You said you don't remember the movie In and Out. Why did you bring up that movie? <laughs> now we're talking Tom Selleck and Kevin Klein. I mean, oh, look at this want... guy. Wow, this guy's spitting out freaking. Wow, you know that movie, huh? In and Out. The guy that Kevin somehow Klein. disconnected his video camera. What do you do with this webcam? I didn't, I didn't disconnect it. I just didn't plug it in. I could put it on if I wanted to. I just don't feel like putting it on the camera. If I, if I, I wanted to. See, now you're now you're insulting the patrons. No, I don't look good tonight. I need a haircut. I need a shave. Oh, you're a shave. so vain. I thought, you got, I thought you got lasered everything off your body with like a, like a lightsaber like eons ago. I need a beard shave. I didn't get my beard removed. Ooh, hey, get the beard on there, man. Some people like the beard. Every time I grow a beard, people like it. Oh, it's not a good beard. No? It's patchy. Patchy? little patchwork, huh? Okay. Like well, Dustin Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Diamond, one more thing came up. You guys want, you guys want to know his net worth? I'm going to say... That's oh, going to hurt me. I don't, want, I don't know if I want to know. I'm going to say $12 million. I'm going to answer. Uh, see, you have an answer. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say he probably had money, but it sounds like he's been such a fuck up. I'm gonna say thirty-five thousand dollars. You're not far off. Fifty. Fifty G's. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never seen it so low when I saw someone's net worth, and I didn't look it up. When you Google something, it just popped up. I I've, I typed in Dustin Diamond, and the third thing that popped up after Jail and, and Saved by the Bell was net worth. So I just was curious, and sure enough, fifty thousand. Man. There's hope for me yet. I'm not too far behind Dustin Diamond. I was going to say, that's only 50000 more than my net worth. <laughs> you guys are most in Screechville. <laughs> uh. Oh, shit. Wow. He's still around. Well, let's see. Dustin, I don't know how he even came up. Maybe we should get him on the show, Dustin Diamond. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. Maybe we can talk him into doing a Save by the Bell, because honestly. It will be the everything just... Come huh? on, Dustin. Do a Save by the Bell just for us. <laughs> Everything's come back. Beverly Hills 90210 just had a reboot on, on whatever. I've been watching it. Hulu. Everything's coming back. You know what I mean? There's. I saw a commercial yesterday, a trailer uh, for um, the new Terminator. And it, it's, it's going to have Linda Hamilton and freaking and Arnold in it. And, I'm, you know, I told my wife, I go, this is what happened ever since Halloween. This is what everybody's doing. They're They're doing their own follow-ups to an original and they're ignoring sequels and ignoring things and just coming back and doing it. It's, it's what's in fashion now. So you would think that saved by the bell would 100% be doing something. Don't you think? Well, it was a hit. for everybody, except for like Mario Lopez, who actually seems to have a career right now. I think if you're any of the other ones, like Mr. Balding, I think, yeah, you want the show to come back. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Balding. I, everybody wants to see Kelly Kapowski. Everybody, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Everybody wants to see what's her name. You know, I want to see them all, to be honest. I think it'd be great. You say Mr. Balding? Isn't that his he name? Did... Mr. Belding. Belding, Balding. <laughs> <laughs> you don't be in names on this fucking show. Ringu. Oh, no, Dennis I, I, I Haskins. Like you're making a joke. <laughs> Dennis Haskins is worth $300,000. How is he worth more than Screech? Six times more than Screech. <laughs> Six times more. <laughs> Mark Paul Gossler. He's probably in the millions. Yeah, nine million. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Let's see what she's worth. Well, oh, she fun. had she had Beverly Five. Hills. She, she was only oh no, 
has a net worth of ten. Yeah, because she did in Beverly Hills, and she's she's on some show. My right. my daughter, my, my son watches, and my my one of my daughters. It's like one of those, not WB shows, but like uh, Disney Junior shows or something like that. Daughter has cancer, has a good friend at school. It's a it's a feel good show. Then she plays a mom on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Lark Voorhees is five hundred thousand. And that leaves one more person. What's her name? How could I forget her name? I loved her. Who, who am I missing? Um, Elizabeth Berkeley. There she is. Pops up. What's she worth? What do you think? 20 bucks. She, come on. Take a guess. What do you think Elizabeth <laughs> Berkeley's net worth is? Well, she did Showgirls, right? And She did something. So she I'm got... going to say $1.5 I'll go for uh, 3 mil. $6 million. Wow. Yeah. She was smart with her money somehow because... What has she done since freaking that and in showgirls, you know? But yeah, somehow she's worth six million. Good on her. Good on her. She's all blonde now and Good looks on. different. Looks like she's had some work done. Anyway, yeah. what are we doing? We're talking about Saved by the Bell. Let's talk about some horror, shall we? Holy cow! People might have been turning off. We talked right? about a crack in the floor. Look at this. I got to read mm-hmm. this. I found it. I found it. Horrible. Uh, my review from two thousand and one. <laughs> Oh boy, this ought to be May seventeenth, two thousand and one. Spoilers ahead, if you could call them that. There's no reason to watch this worthless slasher. A killer with a twitchy eye awakes. Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell leads a bunch of nobodies into the forest. They all die, everybody, and rather bloodlessly at that. The twitchy-eyed killer goes back to sleep. The end. So many unintentionally laughable moments. No fun whatsoever. Gary Busey's role is stupid and about a one minute long. Should be called the crap in the floor. <laughs> I still got it. Damn. Ah, <laughs> oh, younger me. How about Mario? Mario Lopez. What's he worth? I forgot. Well, oh, he's got he's got a daytime show now. Ten million at least. Thirty 16, million. Sixteen million. Ah. Sixteen. So, not bad. But how about that? Only seven million more than what's her name. Oh, you got to pay off a and, lot of rape accusations. <laughs> and only sixteen million more than Screech. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Screech. Oh, fake Dong. What was the name? What did they say? Fake Something about Dong. Dunk Dong. Stunt Dong. Dunk. Oh, Stunt Dong. Stunt. Stunt Dong. That's like something you get in the summer wearing a very tight underwear. You get Stunk Dong. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. All right. Let's move on. Let's do Let's do this show. Uh, should we? What should we do? A couple of back and back grave encounters, or should we flop around like we usually do? What do you guys think? Oh, you know me. I like to fucking make it all crazy. Let's just go. Uh, why don't let's start with one of the Derek movies, one of the features. Right. Let's do a Derek. Let's let's do a, a J horror. Do a Derek. Can we get can we get over? Can we get this fucking Mantango done with? Yes, Uh-oh. I was just gonna say that. Let's get it done with. Uh, no, it's not. It's not so much of... took so long to get done with, <laughs> or to get with it is more. Is well, more wait, wait. Let's not get. Let let B properly introduce it. Yes. Okay. It's Mitango, a fucking horrible. No, I'm joking. I'm directed by Ishiro Honda from 1963. Shipwreck survivors slowly transform into mushrooms. Slowly is yes. right. <laughs> At a snail's said... fucking pace. Uh, two, All right, let's... two movies popped into my head. Or two things popped into my head. I, I, and I'm being serious here. Gilligan's Island and The Thing. Okay. I oh. could buy that. I Well, because the fucking, like, I was like shipwrecked. And then they did look like the skipper and fucking Gilligan at one point there. 
get the two girls. One of them's a little quieter. One's, one's a little bit more outgoing. And then uh, the the thing, because of the isolation and, and, and how things kind of build, because that's really the movie. Because there's nothing about mushroom people. They, they, they allude to a couple of things, but nothing happens until the end. But yes, when you yes. see them, they look great. I agree. They do look great. They take so long to get there. And yeah. uh, by the way, nobody watched this on Prime. If you go on Prime, it says the tech of the mushroom people, and you watch it, and it's English dubbed, and just don't. That's the one I saw. I saw the English dubbed one. Did you guys have uh, subtitles? Yeah. I actually thought the, the dubbing, like for once, I mean, dubbing is never great, but I thought National they did Asian. an okay job. Really? Wasn't it done by like freaking, you know, uh, white Americans? I don't know if they're white or not. I didn't. I didn't check. That. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. They don't. You know they I don't mean. say dubbing by white Caucasian Americans. <laughs> white Caucasian, and Caucasian North Americans. <laughs> I like I the set know. pieces. I'll tell you what. The set pieces. Some are okay. You know what? There's a this the, the director, and the writer of this film is the guy who's responsible for Godzilla. Yeah. And he's a big shot. And John Carpenter. John Carpenter has said that, you know, the director of the seminal motion picture was Ishoro Honda, the creator of an astonishing output of science fiction and horror films from Toho Studios and one of my personal cinematic gods. Yeah, Derek That's shared that with me. And Carpenter. it's funny. He shared that with me after I thought of that. And I didn't even think of my connection to the thing. When I was thinking of that, I there there's obviously some inspiration here because of that isolation and, and, and people feeling like they can't sort of trust one another. Uh, and and there, It's there throughout the whole thing. It is. To I me, can't it, deny to me, it had an apocalyptic feel to it. It felt almost like a, like a last man on earth type thing, like a small group of survivors. I love the atmosphere. Great use of fog. <laughs> Tons of fog in this movie. <laughs> I liked it, though, <laughs> but uh, I love the, the looks of the, shit, the ships on the island, when that oh. big ship they find, the big rotted ship. ship yeah, it was cool. Yeah. The, framing, the framing, the cinematography, it's all good. It's yeah. it's just very slow, which is Boy. which is Ooh. fine. But I mean, not a lot happens, so you just get a lot of dialogue, and then and, they, and it's a slow build. At some points, there's nothing. It feels like nothing's happening. <laughs> well, I think I it I think it kind of fits well with uh, with one with a uh, cure that we're going to do later because it sort of shows um, how people can you know slowly kind of. Uh, you know, change character very quickly. Yeah. It's it's a, it's very much a character study. And the original story, I didn't get a chance to read it. Derek sent it to me because it's based on a short story. Supposedly, that's you know really terrific, and uh, the atmosphere is great in that. I really like the atmosphere in this one, though. I I I can't complain about it. You know, I had a tough time remembering which character was who, but that really wasn't so much important. That's because you're a horrible that... racist. Yeah. Right? No, it really wasn't important. You know, you knew that it was the um. The professor who was narrating the whole story from, you know, the psych ward in Tokyo. Yen. The professor? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the Here professor, the skipper. Yeah. Okay. Attack of the Mushroom People nice. edition. The, uh, <laughs> the the effects were good. No, and I branded, I, I'm an asshole because I cut you off there. But I, I can't disagree. Like, it was <laughs> it was good, but I just felt, I, I hate the word, use the word doll, but I'm like, Please get on with it. There's some yeah. great stuff here, but I wanted it to get on with it. And then when they got on with it, that was the end. It was all at the end. And I still don't get the very end because I thought that was explained to me. There was not, and I don't want to jump. Maybe I'll wait because I don't want to jump over it because you guys want to discuss things. 
But I feel like that was a tacked on kind of like, let's give them one more shock ending. But did either of you want to try the mushrooms? Because these mushrooms must have been the best things ever. Wow. They were Chrominis, I believe. Well, people can't st- people can't stop eating them. They actually were Matangos. I believe they taste like uh, portobellas. Oh, man. I don't know what they taste like, but I know what they make you feel like. To Did you know this, this film was banned in Japan? What? Yeah. It was really? released here in the U.S., but it was banned in Japan because the look of the mushroom people they felt was a representation of, uh, you know, the way people looked as a result of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Nagasaki. I'm sorry. They're actually drawing direct comparisons. Again, another thing that yeah. I read that Derek kind of shared uh, via Messenger was the was John Carpenter commenting on how the that effect uh, definitely plays into a lot of his films. Obviously, the Godzilla films yeah. and everything like that. And I didn't even think of the correlation. Again, call me slow. Uh, but now that we're talking about it, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I and, guess. We're, and we're less than 20 years after that event. I mean, this is 63, probably made in 62. So you're talking 18 years after that event. Not, you know, it's still pretty fresh. Dave would have hated visiting that then, eh? Well, I now, was still are you scared of Pizza the Hut? Are you scared of Pizza the Hut? No, it makes me hungry. So no, anything with pizza makes me hungry. So I'm not scared of him. No, and you take that, a bite of him and tell him he's delicious. I don't know the way the way he was dripping that way. It did look appetizing, <laughs> didn't yeah, it? The way he was, yeah. Yeah, it did look at that. And that, that Pizza Hut cheese. Where the fuck did Pizza the Hut come from? Like that. <laughs> Oh, Pizza the Hut, he's like a, it's like deformed. Oh, well, yeah, but it's like a wacky Spaceballs reference. Out of all the ones you could have pulled out from <laughs> anything in the cinematic world, Pizza the Hut is what you <laughs> well, I, well, here's what I thought of. I thought the mushroom people, you know, they look good, you know, because I like mushrooms. So I would take a bite of a mushroom person. So I thought <laughs> a pizza. Take a bite out of them. Like, I would take a bite of the mushroom person, then a bite of the pizza, you know, mushroom pizza. There you go, mushroom and pizza. Yeah, you hook it up. Yeah. I would have eaten the mushrooms for damn sure because yeah. uh, obviously you're tripping out. I mean, they got, you know, they're, they're psilocybins. I mean, they're, they're magic shrooms, but but they turn you into into a mushroom. But, hey, I mean, the position they were in, what are you going to do? You're facing a situation where you're starving. So I don't know. But it, it honestly, all kidding aside and saying that it took a long time to get there because it did. But if you think about it, it's a really cool idea and a damn scary premise. That it you is. Eat something and you turn into a mushroom. That's fuck. That man. And it, it plays a lot into the times in Japan, also. So that's maybe some things that you know when you read, it's like okay, now I get it a little more, and it makes it you know more relevant. The fact that you know Japan was becoming more industrialized and the world was becoming you know sort of like chaotic and inhuman. Because he even compares the inhumanity of Tokyo at the end to basically what they just went through on the island. So he kind of regrets even leaving the island, not only because he left, you know, his his girlfriend, but the woman he loves, but because he returned to a world that is no better than the island he was just on. Well, I was just reading. I, I couldn't believe this. It was banned. So there's supposed to be five movies in total. This was the Attack of the Mushroom People, and then the, there's supposed to be another island, Attack of the Green Pepper People, then Attack of the Anchovy <laughs> People, Attack of the Cheese People, and then Attack of the Sauce It was a whole pizza motif, but because this got banned, oh. they never was able to f- fulfill that whole vision. 
Man, you're making me hungry. What about the pepperoni people? Yeah. He, he didn't yeah. want to do that. He was against pepperoni. <laughs> what no, about pepperoni? Okay, you brought, oh, now I'm being an ass, and I love to make bad jokes during the show, if you didn't know that already. That ending. I thought that was a bit of a cop-out, though, because he turns to the camera for that big reveal, but he didn't eat a, he didn't eat a mushroom. There's a whole reason yeah, he but, left, right? But they were exposed to the mold and the fungus throughout the whole thing. I mean, it was everywhere. So to think that they were completely safe from infection, you know, that it, it, that it just mattered that you ate it to turn would, would be ridiculous. I would think they all would have eventually turned anyway just from being exposed to all that mushroom fungus and mold and rot everywhere. No, I, I can buy it. I so that, that's, that's but didn't he say like, he ate them? I thought he, like in the dub version, I thought that's what they exactly said. No, he didn't eat them. I thought that was what he revealed, but did he? Did he, Dave? Well, what's his line so. now? His line? Yeah, when he turns to the camera, he says a line with that reveal, and then oh. the movie ends. I don't know. Uh, it, it was kind of inconsequential for me. He it said, did. I am a mushroom ragu. Because yeah. <laughs> I ate those damn mushrooms is what he said. Maybe I'm wrong, but that he, he had turned. So you're just thinking it was exposure of being on the island. Yeah. And, and so I then mean, the whole. I was, I was watching the, the sub version and uh, I, I, I honestly just don't remember a line where he mentioned that he ate them. I, I remember him reminiscing and talking about how he uh, wish he had stayed with Akiko. Yep. I remember that part. I do but, I remember uh, that. And how he regretted being saved, but I, I don't think he ate. I don't remember. Man, I wish I, I could remember that. Yeah, there's he did, a chance he did. because what, because okay. the guy who stole the boat in the first place, who never who never made it, you know, the boat washes back back to the island, and you know the guy's missing. That guy did, you know, steal all the food. Maybe he stole some mushrooms as well. Maybe there were mushrooms on the boat, and the guy ate them before he got rescued. I don't know. I don't think that's really the point. I think it's you know, sort of like a a commentary on the, the class system because these are all wealthy people for the most part. And, uh, they are, they definitely were. Wealthy. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's like that sense of entitlement and, you know, you know, they can't live in this world only to, you know, come back and realize that they're, they've done to the regular world. What, what's happening on this Island, not identical, not exactly, but figuratively destroyed it. I, I think it's funny as usual, when things get lost in translation and, and, and the one part when they're arguing and, and the one guy says, stop acting so big. He tells them a couple of times. I love that line. Big. <laughs> and then the one guy says, you'll spoil everything by fighting. <laughs> I love it. Spoil <laughs> everything. <laughs> I love that about, about, you know, when things get lost in translation, that's the, that's one of my, um, Favorite things about foreign films and subtitles is that you get unintentional humor sometimes because of that. At least I do. I don't know. That's just, it's, it's just funny, my humor. but sometimes it could hurt the film. Yes, it can. I know. Big time. It, I agree. But I mean, I guess you just got to make the most of it, you know, because I'm not going to watch the dubs. I'm sorry. It's just not well, going to. And I did. So maybe that was a mistake. I've got the end part here. It might take a what little happens? long. So I may, I may edit this part down, but if you want to hear it, I'm just going to put it up to the mic. You tell me if you guys can hear it, okay? Yeah, let's hear those white people. Go ahead. Oh, we suffered with hunger. And, and then I lost her. I, I was confused. I, I couldn't decide what to do. And then I ate them. I ate them. And he turns to the camera and he reveals that he's <laughs> mushroom-faced. 
All right, then you know, according to that translation, the only the only thing I I have is is because he was found. You know, if it, was, it even says he, you know he was rescued a few days later after being on the boat, is that he ate them on the boat yeah. from regret from not staying with her. And and you know, and you're right because you just even just putting it back there and focusing on that there, you're probably right. Saying after all that, he didn't even stay with the one he loved, and refused to eat them only to fucking eat them out of desperation on the boat. Yeah, so that's yeah. even that's even worse. You know, you know why he didn't. You know why he didn't. Worse in a good way, like because he's he's not a fun guy. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that. We knew one of those jokes was coming. (laughs) Oh, fun guy. That's all right, son. You can eat them on the boat. (laughs) (laughs) As soon he said on the boat, that's what I thought of. (laughs) Oh God! I'll tell you what. This movie, it just took. Okay, there was a scene, and I've been dying to ask you guys about this since I watched the movie. Now, you may just laugh at me. It might have been something where I where I, I drifted off because I did drift off a couple times. But not drift off into sleep, drift off into thought because wine? I got lost. <laughs> no, I just got a little bored with some of it. And that's what I drift. My mind drifts when, I, when, when you know, I'm watching a movie and it, it goes into too much of a lull. I just start thinking about other things. It, just, it sucked, but it, it's true. But um, because it didn't have my full attention, it does happen. But there was a scene where you did see a mushroom person, and it was really cool looking. And then it faded out because you had those fade in, fade outs, like you were watching a TV program, you know, from the '60s. And uh, you saw a mushroom guy, a guy that had all those things all over his face, or he was straight up looked like a shroom man. And then it freaking he walked, he opened the door, and he looked in, and then it faded out. Yeah, and then there they was never no talk of him again. Exactly, is this me or no, no? That's what happened. They, it's like they're like, oh, and then fade out, and they don't acknowledge it. <laughs> okay, so what the hell? Yes, Brandon, thank you. What, yeah, I, I was, it. I was hoping that you guys what could. Was I, I that thought, was the best. That was the best looking mushroom man there was. That was really the one time you saw the close up of of his face. Yeah, and I, I think it was just a mushroom man that came on board. And I mean, this person who saw it, I can't remember which character it was. I think it was just like the first sign of them starting to crack from the isolation and the the wanting of you know to get out of there and you know get rescued. But there was no acknowledgement of it, and so Dave, I thought the exact same thing. And I yeah, admittedly, our minds seem to work very similarly because I'm like I'm I'm drifting. I'm like trying to give the movie because you know we're watching this for a review and everything. And like right. I said, the movie looks good. Like I watched it. Like I said, I, I, I maybe I didn't say I, it was on Daily Motion. Uh, and so there was a copy on Daily Motion because I checked my Prime. It wasn't on Prime Canada, so I checked um, Matango and I I checked uh, Attack of the Mushroom People and I nothing. So it was lovingly on there, and it was the dub version though. Looked great, like Brandon said, beautiful fog, great cinematography, but it's very slow. And so my mind would wander as well, Dave. And that part does stick out because I'm like, oh, here we go. And then nothing. <laughs> See, it felt it felt fine to me because the whole group was sort of disjointed even from the very beginning. It was very, you know, like it was almost like they were paired off in groups of two, and nobody really trusted or liked each other. Yeah, no, and what was that woman true. like? The I woman mean, was like, was the, she was all about like all oh, all the women want me. Who, mommy, mammy, the M- mammy, the hot one, the ginger of the group. Yeah, she was like, uh, she was like yeah, a mammy. Yeah, a a big like. Uh, pop star or something like the a singer. movie star <laughs> she, was, she was a singer <laughs> she just used the the, the uh 
the owner of the boat just to get a free trip to Europe. Yeah, and, I know she was. Yeah. yeah. And everybody still wanted her. Yeah. You know? And she gets banished from the boat with the other guy after they shoot the guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. They were pulling guns on each other. Things got crazy. I'm like, man, these people are tripping out and they're freaking bugging and pulling guns on each other. And I was into it to a degree. I just thought it took longer than it should have, you know? I mean, I, I can't disagree. That's my problem with the movie. There is nothing wrong with the film per se. Just for me, it was it was a little dull. Yes, a little dull. I do like one thing. I like that little thing there, well, how they had no mirrors and, 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 and the birds wouldn't fly over it and all that stuff. That's kind of cool. How yeah, nature. it's a real creepy thing. The hallucinations were creepy and also that, yes. those laughing sounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I thought it was really well trippy. done. I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. It does – there is something about about the movie that does drag on because it's very slow. The, the colors are very, like – washed out so it's it just has a very tiring hypnotic look to it that almost like makes you too relaxed while watching it so it kind of it kind of makes you tired watching it i i get that but uh but there's a lot of good stuff there yeah i mean i enjoyed it i just wish maybe they cut i don't know because it, it was nice the last like 20 minutes i was into it it just it was funny in the beginning. Other, they, obviously they're not they're not really on water. It's a set piece, and they're sitting there in the boat, and they got like the, you know the freaking the, the film water in the background, and like they used to do back in the days. And oh, all of a sudden they're playing Hawaiian music and stuff. These people from Japan. <laughs> oh, wasn't that great when they're singing those Hawaiian songs? Yeah, this, this girl from Japan. <laughs> it turned into a musical. It's like, what am I watching? <laughs> the noise that they go doing over the Hawaiian noise. <laughs> you know what I mean or no? You have you to know. You sound like a theremin. It does sound like a theremin, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is either, but you sound like one. Oh, okay. Well, I think, I think Christian fell asleep. Oh. Yeah, he probably did. It's like um, those Elvis songs when he when he sang those Hawaiian songs. You know what I'm talking about or no? Mukalakaliki, come on, you wanna lay me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Elvis Presley Hawaiian song. Man, what is that noise? Man, it's gonna somebody must know. But obviously nobody's spoken up, so no. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. But there's that noise and they and they they even play it in that song. Mele Himi Hima is the wise way. You know, and it goes Yeah, there. Damn it. Well, whatever. I'm focused on that noise because yeah. always, I've always wondered what that was. You know, in the descriptions I'm reading, it, it's not saying anything that he acknowledges that he ate the mushrooms. So that might just be a uh, a dub error. But, Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know because you know, I, I mean, maybe he just made a sleep mask out of it. <laughs> maybe he made a mushroom tea. Maybe he made a mushroom tea. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, that's maybe. the way to do it. Mushroom tea or mushroom with peanut butter. Rock and roll. Absolutely. Ah, oh, man, I'm tired of being sober. Well, I'm not really sober. I'm drinking vodka, but you know what I mean. I want some shrooms, damn it. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I want some damn shroom. It's been years. Man, what else can we say here? Anything besides, besides ratings? Everybody, most of the actors from this movie are still alive, and they're all in their, like, their 80s, like their late 80s. Nice. So they all are. Uh, I find I find that odd. I always look up actors when I'm when I'm watching old movies, and usually a lot of them are dead. 
This is very weird. I guess the Japanese have really uh, long lifespans. Oh, maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely possible. I never really paid attention to that, but maybe you're onto something. Yeah, they're all literally still alive. <laughs> literally, not Except figuratively. The... And even the ones that are dead, like the skipper died at 88. Right. The sailor's still alive. He's 87. The singer's like 82. The professor's like 82. The writer's 88. The owner of the boat died in 2017 at age 90. And this and Akiko, it doesn't say whether she's alive or dead. All right, well. But that's crazy, right? Yes, that's something. Maybe there's some magic to this movie. Not involving mushroom. Or maybe involving <laughs> mushroom. Who knows? <laughs> One of the actors in there, you click on the picture and it just shows a picture of Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, one of the police personnel. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you click on his name and it shows Godzilla. <laughs> wow. Some of these some of them just look like Godzilla. And it says he's still alive and he was born in August of nineteen twelve. What is going on? Wow. That means he's hundred and seven. Could this be? IMDB. <laughs> I don't know what you're so fixated on. <laughs> Dude, like, like that's crazy. <laughs> okay. No, like every movie we review that's, you know, an American film or Canadian film, every, like, people die young, people, you know, there's always some sort of tragedy. Here's, like, a cast where everyone's alive and old. It doesn't make sense. I hear you. Wow. Maybe it's those shrooms. I don't know. That's freaking crazy, man. Nah, there's, it's got to be wrong. I just clicked on another actor and said he was born in 1906 and he's still alive. Yeah, I know. That means he's 113. <laughs> I guess they just didn't care about Matango when it came to the the actors. There's something wrong. I I feel like everybody's dead. I just think it's funny that the guy looked like Godzilla. (laughs) It's literally a picture of Godzilla. (laughs) Some of them just look like Godzilla. Did you guys ever see that movie, American Pimp? Yeah. (laughs) Did you? And then when that one part when that guy says, some of these guys over here kill us, some of them, some of them look like gorillas. Some of them just look like Godzilla, he said. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember that line, but it's a Hughes Brothers movie, right? They, Wasn't it the, their documentary that they did? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, American Pimp. Yeah, definitely check it out. It is a Hughes Brothers, you're right. Some of them just look like Godzilla. Some of them just look like Godzilla, and that's the way he says it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I just remember that line. <laughs> anyway, let's rate this friggin' movie. Is anybody, I, I want to know, B, how high are you coming in? coming in super high but i think there's there's a lot of of positives in this film and i I enjoy it i do think that uh the fact that it's slow i would have liked a little bit more of the mushroom people but i still think it's a solid seven out of ten oh that's that's fine when i was rating it i don't i can't i I was gonna say 6.5 but really my biggest fault is that it's just dull maybe that's me yeah you're definitely dull yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome that was fantastic. <laughs> Derek good. obviously uh, recommended it for a reason. I know he's a huge Godzilla fan, but ov- obviously he's a fan of this film as well. Uh, and there's some good stuff here. It's just a little too slow for me. So that's your rating? A yes. little too slow for you? 6.5. Sorry, I'm sticking with it. Oh, I'm sorry. You're sticking with it? Well, I'm, 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 I'm at an even six. That's as high as I can go. I It was just too dull, and it did get good in the third act, but just looked like Godzilla, you know? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, six out of ten. That's all I got. So, will the other movies be an improvement? That remains to be seen. 
but he's gay. No, no, but <laughs> <laughs> remember that one? Oh, yeah, he's gay. Oh, that was but, great. But he's um, gay. I mean, he's blind. Yeah, blind. <laughs> blind. Excuse me. What am I saying? Gay. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is a great one. YouTube, check it out. Just, just, just type in "but that 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 he's gay" and, and you'll see the <laughs> the newscaster make a mistake. It's funny. Oh, man. And a picture of Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Indeed. Okay. It's what are we gonna do? We're we gonna get into this grave encounters joint. Grave encounters. Grave. Let's start with part two. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, could we really... technically. No, we we can't technically because it, it completely. No, we can't because of it. Talk about well, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> Which is not okay. Grave <laughs> Encounters from 2011, directed by the Vicious Brothers. They're so they're so vicious. <laughs> okay, for their ghost hunting reality show, a production crew locks themselves inside an abandoned mental hospital that's supposedly haunted. And it might prove to be all too true. Now, who has seen this before? Besides, I, I, this is the second or third time watching it because I think it was on your challenge for me. It was on my challenge. I did put it on there, the first one. Yes, I Here's did. something that I was going to mention about um, the whole episode tonight is that I actually thought I had only seen, of the five films we're doing, one of them, Premonition. I didn't think I had seen any of the others. It turns out I have seen four of the five films. Have you seen Cure yet? Cure was the, Cure, yeah, Cure I saw. Matango, okay. Matango was the only one I hadn't seen. Okay, because I have a funny feeling about you and Cure, and when we get there, we'll get there. But anyway, oh, sorry. He's got the funny feeling. Grave Encounters. <laughs> <laughs> Grave Encounters, yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, this is on my challenge list, so obviously. I challenge you to stay awake. <laughs> really? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Right. I'm a fan. I'm a fan You're of Grave Encounters. Yes. Nice. I'm a big Good. fan. I don't think it uh, breaks the mold, but I think what it does, it does well, really well, in fact. Absolutely. I like the fact that they go into this, they're put into a situation where it's, it becomes, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the time paradox and, and things like that. And it doesn't matter what you're going to do. And the, it isn't a haunted asylum. I mean, it is, but it's not haunted in the way where there's ghosts flying around. I mean, to a degree there is. You know what I'm trying to get? <laughs> you, you want us to stay out of this argument you're having with yourself? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? No. It's like, no? Okay. When I think about, okay, you've seen many movies that take place, especially found footage, that take place in a haunted asylum or this or that, and they go in there and it's run of the mill and whatever, and there's you might see something move around or a ghost. This is this goes beyond all that. This is like, you know, the, the place is, is haunted, but it's haunted in a way that... It's messing with their minds and messing with their yes. sense of reality. I know exactly what you're saying because that's Thank what you. I really like about this film too. Right. It's the fact that not only are they – I mean they're not all – they're not the most – you know, they're not the greatest characters, but they're, they're decent enough. You can't really do strong character arcs for, for um, found footage because you're filming within such a short period of time. So I think within the short period of time that we get to know them, 
we get a sense of who they are. They're basically skeptics at this point because they've been putting out so many shows where they've been creating their own illusions of ghosts, so they don't believe it. But I, I what you're what you're seeing here is when the shit really hits the fan is they do everything they can to get out, and it looks like they do, only to just be plunged further into the nightmare. I like the self-referential part of it. Sorry. It does absolutely play with like dimensions, time and space. They're waiting for daylight and daylight's not coming. And then they go through doors and they end up in different hallways and everything Solid else. Walls at the end of staircases. It becomes, it becomes a mind fuck, but it's so cool. The setup where even just go back to what I love. I love the self-referential part. I've been, you know, shitting on uh, people friending me that are paranormal activity uh, people and investigators and stuff on Facebook uh, because it drives me nuts. But this is what these guys do in this show. And I love how their show is called Grave Encounters. And we're watching like episode, what are we, is this episode five? Six. Six, that becomes the, the problem. And I like how the producer introduces it. And I, I like how we're just watching sort of like the a cut version of that to show us what they experienced. I love all of that. I love the self-referential factor. I guess it's the very short version of what I'm trying to say. And the producer, this heartfelt character who, you know, plays a part, you know, in both of them, how he says in this one that everything you're about to see is real. Yeah, and it changes his tune. Nothing's been doctored, and then, it, you know, we'll get to the second one. But, yeah, the self-referential part is great. You know, they're paying everyone off. You know, he basically, you know, tells the gardener, make something up. And they bring in their fake, you know, psychic medium buddy. Yeah, he's Houston great. Gray, yeah. The Houston Gray guy. Yeah. And it's it's exactly what you see on television. It really looks like this would be something you would turn on on one of those ghost hunting channels. Although there are loud noises, lots of bangs and door slams or whatever, this one's much more, I won't say subtle, but does it a lot less than the second one? The second one really, uh, and I nothing against the second one because I'm actually I'm a big fan of the second one as well. But I find that this, I just find, excuse me, that the second one relies on loud noises for the scares more so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, that's what I, sequels. That's what sequels do, though. They always up what started in the first movie. You know sure. what I mean? They always. That's just what sequels do. And I like. We'll get to the second one, but. The difference between the first and the second is one of the things they do in the second is the ghosts, if you will, actually do follow and chase, which you don't see a lot. A lot of times you see a movie like this one, and I'm not knocking it, but you see somebody, you see the reveal of something there that's not supposed to be there. It screams, it makes a face, it does a thing, people run away from it, and that's the end of it. You know what I mean? Which works just fine for this film and many others, where in part two... It's interesting that they follow, they chase, and I don't know. It's I, you know, I, I, I'm not even against talking about them together, to be honest, because they kind of do complete one another as like uh, or complement one another as a more complete version of of the film, if you will. To a degree, yes, but it's a patron pick. If it was just us picking the movies for ourselves, I guess it would be different. But you know, and and this one is better in terms of. The, the activity, the paranormal stuff building slowly from sort of like non-threatening yeah. stuff to all-out nightmare, you're in hell. <laughs> you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And it, it does, I mean, it's literally just sounds and, you know, and, and you know, whispers and, and stuff like that and images, and then it just turns into arms coming out of the ceilings and then just 
chaos. I enjoy both of the films. What I enjoy about this one, and my, a lot of my favorite type of found footage movies, which I didn't get to explain everything before we started talking about some other things, but in the future, we're having a top 20 found footage list. We're each going to do our, our top 20s. Like we, It's been a while, but we're doing one. But a lot of the movies that I like, that you'll see landing in my top 20s, are for found footage, that is, are set up like, you know, faux documentary, mockumentary, whatever you want to call it. And those, I don't know, I really enjoy that. And that's what this is right from Jump. This is, you know, it's set up like a genuine documentary, and it's done well that way. You you 100% believe that this thing, Grave Encounters, which, by the way, this was before. I could be wrong, but maybe I am wrong completely. So if so, I'm sorry. But it seems like over the course of the last, like, four or five years, you're seeing a lot of these shows with these ghost hunters. Again, once again, I could be wrong. I don't have I don't have cable, but in 2011 when they made this, and the guy said that he was ahead of his time, but he also said that the events of this were supposed to take place what ten years prior, or something like that. Is that what he said? Uh, it, it it was from 2003. Okay, so okay, so this is 2011 when it was released. So okay. Still, so in 2003, it would have been way ahead of its time, but yeah, you're right. In 2011, I don't know, I don't know when those shows started really getting popular, but either way, I I enjoy when it's set up this way. It looks like a legitimate show. Like when you see the the opening credits, and it, you know it says episode six, authentic looking. It's just like grave encounters. The way they have the, the way they introduce the the participants of it and everything else. That looks like a show. That looks like something you'd see on freaking whatever. It, I don't know. It what does, and it about. stays that way because even even as things become bad, they're still filming in a way that's not like typical of some found footage where they're shaking like crazy. They're not showing you know the camera. I hate that. It's like yeah. lazy excuse. You know, put the camera pointing at the floor and just hear screaming. You know, something like that. You actually get to see what's going on. Which yep. I like, you know, the the carving into into Sasha's back, the hello. Oh yeah. The fact that they all wake up with the uh, with the bracelets on. That's the, brilliant. Uh, it really is. Yes. Uh, you know, the more the more we talk about it, now, uh, the more I'm I'm liking. I really I really do like this film, and I I don't know where I stand overall on found footage. I'm not a hater of found footage by any means, but I do feel that sometimes they suffer from doing the same thing over and over. But when it's done well, there it's it's great, and and this is a perfect example of that. Yeah, it's really it's really well paced. You 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 start to genuinely care about these characters. They don't they don't seem ill intentioned. In a way, they know that they're doing a hoax type thing, but at the same time, they also they're... have hope that there there is something out there. Like and and there's not a time where somebody says. Oh yeah, this is all bullshit. Ghosts don't really exist. Exactly. They all say we haven't seen anything yet. So they're not necessarily into the business just to freaking rip people e off. Exactly. Exactly. They might be right. skeptics now, but they started right. this out with a genuine intent to to hunt ghosts. They've just reached a point where it's like, at least from Lance's perspective, is he's almost about all right. You know what? Maybe there aren't ghosts, but I'm I'm gonna become a big star. And he does a great job. Like that guy, he does a great job as the host. Oh, absolutely. He's 
as genuine as can be. Yeah. Yes. He 100% seems legit as a host. They set it up well. How about when they interview and then one guy, it was the, the caretaker, and he's oh. like, do I look at the camera or do I look at the host? You know what <laughs> I mean? He's like, that's like all legit. That's the that's what I love about found footage is the human element yeah. that, that you don't always see in regular film. That's another thing I love about found footage is things like that because they come off as regular Joes. They act the way a regular Joe would act. and. Yeah. But you buy it. it. It makes sense in in these type of movies. If and done right. If done right. And this if one doesn't done right. Yeah. Right. And that's when, when they are done right. That's why, to me, it's such a treat. I'm like, yeah, okay. There are some pale comparisons. Of course, there's a million haunted asylum movies and, you know, bullshit yeah. like that. But this, you know? this is, you know, the, the blueprint for doing it right. Yes. This is obviously influenced by paranormal activity in a couple ways. Yeah. I mean, paranormal activity, the more I think about it, its influence on this these type of movies, it's probably like the, the second most influential movie ever as far as found footage is concerned. Yeah. I mean, unless you're counting I, – when I think about found footage, I don't think about Cannibal Holocaust. I'm sorry. I know everyone likes to say what they like to say about it. When I think about the technique of found footage films, I just – for whatever reason, I don't go back to that. I go back to Blair Witch being the big one, and then I go to Paranormal Activity because those are the ones that set off, uh, you know, the big... You see so many people try to do it, just like with, with slashers, you know? You think about... There may have been other slasher movies before Black Christmas or between Black Christmas and Halloween and Friday the 13th and 80, you know? But it's like, those are the ones that when they hit, shit went down, you know what I mean? Everybody copied their formula, so... But paranormal activity, not not to just sit here and talk about that one, but it's another movie that, you know, this movie here, you could it would not have been made without paranormal activity. It's just it can't be understated that movie. It's it, its influence is is really people don't really want to give it any credit, mostly because if they don't like paranormal activity, they're probably not gonna like a movie like this. So this one does it well. I don't think it's an amazing film. I don't think it's a you know like the Second Coming or anything, but it's a solid found footage film. Yeah, for me, the the one thing that, that kind of holds it back, and it, it does have some good ones in it, so I'm not going to say they're all bad or, or not as strong as they could be, are, are the kills. And I feel like that's somewhere, that's something that can be may, maybe explored or done better in found footage films is, is the kills. Particularly, you know, Houston's kill. I, I mean, I just it's, it's just stuff that's been done before. The coolest kill for me was um, the cameraman, TC, with the bathtub. Oh, it was great. That was fantastic. That's something yes. that's really cool. Talk about playing with, uh, with, you know, space and dimension, you know, pulled into a bathtub full of blood, and then he's just gone. Like, that shit's haunting. But, like, everything <laughs> yep. else is kind of It's funny that you generic. say that, because I found that this did it better than a lot of the ones we see. It's uh, done it. It did it well. It did yeah. it well. But, One and you know, two, I mean, both, both, but both of these films. You're... Your book ended with yep. the Houston character almost. It looks like he's, you know, he's being like strangled in midair. Then it looks like a lightning, a light, of, a bolt of like light hits him and he goes flying. And then book ended with Lance's supposed death at the end being dragged away, which is very cliche for the end of found footage type films or documentary style films like this. Right. That started with wreck. You're right. Yeah. About that. Yeah. So, so that, but you know, I love the way 
I, I like the fact that Matt almost that Matt commits suicide because you know he's just been driven crazy. You know, does a you know a head dive into the elevator shaft. That's great. And, and uh, what's her name? Also, even though you don't see anything, just Sasha. She's obviously sick and, and possessed, and yeah, and she's coughing up blood. And then the fog rolls in, and she just disappears. Like that's that's eerie. That was great. Yeah, that stuff is great. It's just like the two bookends of stuff like we see where the the guy's hanging in midair by nothing choking and then you know the guy being dragged away it's like get away from that you don't need that yeah what about the guy got pulled through the window that was cool I that thought. was part two yeah i was about to say that was too. That part two yeah i'm sorry Shit. but that is but that, but is, that is cool that is because cool. i was gonna bring that up dave and i'm like wait no that was part two okay yeah. all right <laughs> no they, they start to blend they do start to blend especially when you watch them close together especially yeah oh, yeah damn I like how it's set up slowly, like you said, though, and you see the she gets the worst of it, Sasha. She gets her hair pulled first, and oh you know, yeah, yeah, they're really tormenting her, and then cut. Yeah, and then and then she's, I mean, she's like infected with something. <laughs> she's infected with the evil, or the case yeah, of the bad legs. <laughs> and all the stuff with the, the 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 um, you know, the lobotomies. Yeah, dude, 140 lobotomies. And... Yeah, Dr. Friedkin, the head of the yeah. asylum, was doing uh, lobotomies on the patients. And then at the end, you know, when he when he sees the ghost, it's almost like some sort of uh, satanic and black magic rituals going on. Cool stuff. And the hand yeah. through the door, that was a good shot. There was some good jump scares that worked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes. And like I said, it, it. it didn't rely on them. It didn't rely on the jump scares, though, which is which is really... Right. Really impressive for a found footage because to me the most effective shots were were you know kind of the slow building ones. Just hearing Matt's voice and then not even being able to find him, you know, even though you could hear him and you could hear him like basically crying and screaming for help, you know, heart disappearing into the fog, stuff like that. It's just like that I find creepier than you know a quick jump, you know, from from a hand popping out or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I do like the fact that that she yells at the point, and then she's she, at, the, at that one point of the film, and she's like, "Why would we split up?" Because usually people just split up in horror movies, and it's like a, you know it's become a, 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 yeah. a trope, you know, and people criticize it. But she's like, "Why would we split up? That's just stupid." She says, <laughs> "Granted, they still split up, but I mean, at the time, she says, "Yeah, that that's stupid. Why why split up?" I like that they, they call attention to that. It's another movie like Paranormal Activity where be careful what you invoke because I mean, clearly. <laughs> You know, they're calling on this and that. Remember, Lance is saying, hey, we want to see more. We want this. We want that. I'm like, damn, dude. And I like it. I like movies like that where you don't really necessarily know if it's going to get as bad as it's going to get. If you don't, you know, don't play around with shit like that. You play around with shit like that. You don't know what's going to happen. And that's just you, you, you let that in, in, into your life. Next thing you know, I love the fact that they're in there, though. I mean. They're waiting there for how many hours? Yeah, that's, I mean, I was, literally, I was just thinking about that. Like, that is so well done that they make it to 6 a.m. when the caretaker was going to be there. They open the exit door, but he's not there because they're in some sort of, like, alternate dimension or or whatever it is. It's just, it's a nightmare, and it's just so much more haunting than, you know, if the guy's outside and, uh... And, you know, they're all dead, and then at 6 o'clock he opens the door, but, you know, the last death was at 5.59 or something. Well, you know, the funniest part is, I brought that up earlier, because that's what I thought, I, like, waited out, waited out, which they do. I, for whatever reason, thought I remember the caretaker opening the door in the morning. 
and <laughs> not not seen anybody, like at the end. Oh, that would have been kind of cool. And that not, actually would have been really cool. And wondering <laughs> like, what the fuck happened. The only really weird thing is the fact that they, if it is just a show, and they weren't really thinking they're going to run into anybody, why would they actually be physically locked into the building? For authenticity of the show. True, but I guess it wouldn't have mattered one way or the other because it would have. But if they tried to get out at that point, they could have easily run into another hallway. The dimension shit could have started then and them getting all fucked up. But that was the only thing that was like a little bit more forced. But I could buy it because, again, for authenticity of the show is a perfect explanation. Oh, you know what, though? Let me say something about that. Didn't weren't they expecting it not to really be locked? Isn't there a comment made saying, oh, wow, he actually locked us in? Wasn't there something said at the, at one point? You know, you could be right. Actually, I'm not. I don't remember that. I remember, you know, TC's saying because he the crowbar. He makes a comment that, oh yeah, the crowbar is in the car, car. But it was your smart idea or whatever to to lock us in. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. For some reason, I'm thinking maybe that was the second one. Then I don't know. That's possible. But either way, it's really an enjoyable film. Uh, and it's only the second time I've seen it. I mean, I put it on my list just to, uh, after the one view, and I've wanted to see it for a long time. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It's well done. And poor Lance, man. He really gets uh, he gets screwed throughout because at the end of this one, he thought he he could go home after the doctor appears to have lobot- lobotomized mm-hmm. him. Right. <laughs> it's like I can finally go home. Yeah, yeah. That was good. All that stuff was good stuff. The, the, everything with them being messed with by by the hospital is great. Like you said earlier, B, with the, the stairs that just lead to a freaking wall. That's crazy. Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah, that's that's great. Dude, going up a staircase and then it just leads to a wall. I'm like, are you shitting me? And then the, uh, they go through the emergency exit. They see that thing that says exit and they walk outside. It's into, it's into just some other corridor and it goes nowhere. Like, oh, you got burned. That's... If you think about that, that's horrific shit. To be involved in something like that where you can't get out. I mean, that's just damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's awfully scary shit. Yeah. So. It, it it doesn't make any sense and it's really really uh pushed to the next level in part 2. Yes. Yes indeed. So, I guess we can wrap this up. We have anything else? I I think I've said all I can say about it. I I really enjoy it. Yeah, me too. I'll tell you that. I'll just come out with it. It's for me. It's a seven and a half out of ten. I'm at a seven. I'm at an eight. Wow! Nice, nice. <laughs> Pretty cool. All right. Looks like I'm the found footage fan now. What's going on over here? <laughs> I think you. I think you're the high rater for the show. I think you're gonna rate every movie the highest this 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 episode. Oh, we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. It might be your gimmick this week. That's why you're not Grimsby, or <laughs> or the heel. You're you're back to high rating. High rating Brandon. By the way, B, are you still on that mission to watch 500 movies or whatever the hell it is? 1,000. Whatever. Are you still going good? Yes. Still going strong. I'm actually cool. I'm actually planning on finishing the challenge October 31st. Holy shit. You got to do a bonus episode here. My <laughs> God. You, just, you should just do a bonus episode on your own. Just film it on something and just put it on Patreon, on Patreon of just the, what you've been watching and giving it, you know. Just give it I could do that. I am currently at 848 movies watched for the year. Oh, wow. I haven't even hit 200. That's fucking crazy. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm dying, though. Like, next year, I plan on watching, like, three movies. <laughs> you say that <laughs> every year. No, next, next year is the year of the TV show for me. 
dude, I watched Sopranos this year and Breaking Bad in their entirety. So. Yeah, I plan on going back to just old shows and shows I've never seen. Even though I've been watching a lot of shows this year, I just plan on like next year being shows. Nice. I'll, I'll probably still watch a lot of movies though. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Just you're not gonna <laughs> kill yourself. You know? I haven't even started on the 2019 horror films yet. Oh, I'm starting. I almost got the chance to watch one today, but I didn't. But from this day forward, and I'm not shitting, I'm on it. I'm cranking them out the next couple, the next three months. I'm I'm gonna go mad with it. Yeah, I plan on starting in October and, and banging it out till the end of the year. Yep. Yep. We'll catch up. We yeah. will do it. We'll have a year-end show after all. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm doing it because I'm like, <laughs> right now I've only seen 15 films, and I probably only put like four or five of those in the top 19 list. So yep. got, yeah, a lot, we'll, got a lot more to go. Yeah, yeah. We'll do like, it. We'll have a year-end show. It probably won't be as in-depth in as, as they have been in the past because they're probably not watching as much, but whatever. It is what it is. We'll, we'll have yeah, of course. Uh, that's the best show of the year. But anyway, let's talk about Grave Encounters 2, rock and roll. All right, Grave Encounters 2. This one's not directed by the Vicious Brothers. They wrote it, but different director, John Poliquin, a film student who is obsessed with the movie Great Encounters, sets out with his best friends to visit the psychiatric hospital depicted in the original film. I don't care if this seems more convoluted. It's a good compliment movie. I don't know if I like it more but I like it just as much. I'll say that. I, I did say earlier that I feel it relies too much on the on the bang scares to, to, to scare you. Uh, but like Dave, you mentioned, that's what sequels do. They kind of just up that scare ante. And, uh, I, it might be a cheap way of doing it, but that's what this film does. I do like the setup with the student film. I like the new characters. And I like the mythology that they kind of dig into a little bit uh, from the first movie and dig a little deeper into you know, it's kind of silly. I'm not. I'm not a huge lover of the characters, but I, but I get why they had to set it up the way they did to get them to this location. And once they get there, that's when I really start to like it. You know, the whole idea that that this person death awaits. You know, sends sends the video, and uh, you know they decipher that it's latitude and longitude, and. Uh, you know, it, it, it's cool. It's a little far out. Yeah. But uh, but for the end result, especially for that third act, I really, even though the first act is kind of silly and I was even writing, man, there's a big drop off in this film. And then by the time it ended, I was like, wait, not so much. I <laughs> love I And I know because you're right now. I love that self-referential shit. So I the do fact, too. So the fact that this one starts with the reviews of YouTubers Talking about yes. Grave Encounters, I love that. I laughed. Yeah, it that's up. fun. Yeah, I laughed yeah. it up, and I love how they work that mythology into the actual movie. I, I yeah, that, yeah. Now that part I liked. I just felt like the video part. You know, the the video and you know the latitude and longitude and 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 figuring all this out. It just seemed the, uh, and them going to see uh, Lance's uh, mother. It just seems all a little silly at times. Silly, huh? Wow. Silly. I don't know. Death awaits. What was what was the the uh, the name? Death awaits six or whatever. I don't know, but death. Like a, want, it's funny. It's funny that you said that about death awaits and land, latitude and longitude. But as I'm watching this, I watched it with my daughter, and I watched the first one with my daughter, mm-hmm. and immediately, when when the, when the email came from or the comment came from death awaits, immediately she knew what that meant. She said, "Oh, that was that was what was written on the door in the first movie." I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." And then when they get the the numbers and the coordinates, 
That's what she said. She goes, oh, those are going to be coordinates. Wow. And, really? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, she, that's a weird phone number. <laughs> no, she knew it right away. She always does shit like that, and that's why I always tell her that you, if you freaking put yourself to the – if you concentrate – you had the potential to be a much better freaking podcast host than, than your father ever was because she, she just, I don't know. She just picks up on stuff. Yeah, that way. She's and, very, she's very observant. We didn't even bring yeah. up death awaits in the first one, even though that, that, know, you know, it was on the door. That, that sign on the door obviously is, is pivotal now in this one in terms of that being the handle of, you know, the person who sends the video. I thought it was clever though. That, that, that no, it's it, clever. It just, it, it just, I guess because I'm watching it right after one, it, you know, it just felt a little forced and silly. But as it gets going, I really like it. I like the fact that, you know, when they finally make it there, they find sort of they find the half eaten rat that Lance was yeah. eating at the end. of You know, and it all just it all gets moving pretty quickly and it's good. The only thing I didn't like starting from the second act onward was that the Ouija board table. Ah, uh, let me say. That's when I rolled my eyes. There was that was the only time because right? I loved the intro. I yeah. loved the intro. Okay. I love the self-referential stuff. I thought it was a smart way to handle a sequel instead of just having people go to the same asylum for whatever reason or do this or some bullshit. I love when a when a sequel investigates what happened in the first movie and it's a different cast of characters. I'm I'm big on that. Reminds me a little bit of Blair Witch Two, except Blair Witch Two wasn't necessarily found footage at all actually yeah but it had that intro when they talked about Blair Witch being a movie and let's see what's going on and how the the producer flips and we get more on them I thought that was so clever and so cool but all that stuff I was really into it but when we first got there and there was two things that was said well no no first the fact that they just found uh, for no reason they find a freaking Ouija board there. I'm thinking, yeah. okay, that's eye rolling. I go, that's freaking typical and cliche. And I'm like, come on. Why is why would that be in an asylum of all things? And then what it said, when it said film everything or finish the film, whatever, I was just like, okay. Now they're yeah, trying it, to give some lame excuse why they have to film everything. But that's what I'm saying. Only for those five minutes, I fell out of the film. I'm like, ah, this is going to be shitty. And I'd seen it once before, but I forgot. But I was just like, watch it. I was like, ah. Yeah, the film, the film <laughs> everything to part was didn't even need to be there. That whole scene could have been taken out because the fact that Lance has been stuck in this in this place for, for nine years and he's, you know, become an expert on this building and 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 the way it works and the way it moves and, and what, this, what these uh, ghosts want is they want an audience so it the fact he knows that he, they want the film they want the film to be finished and they want others to to come well so, he knows yeah he but, knows, the, but, but him, they didn't but him revealing that is better than than even is better without having that foreshadowed scene earlier of film everything on a on a ouija table that's what i'm saying i'm saying you don't even need that just let I the reveal so. let the reveal come from lance because at this point, he's an expert. He survived in there for nine years. True, he's 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 half out of his mind, but yeah, that was great but, though. Bringing him back, yeah, stuck in there right. like that was a great move because they, they they this is what I was saying earlier. They try to connect it to make it as continuous as a story as possible with because uh, it could have just been a standalone film. Oh, we heard of this place. We're going in. We're gonna go see it again, and just a, re a total repeat. 
I feel like they tried to to blend these two stories together as best as they could. Yeah, the, the strongest part of this film is the fact that Lance comes back. I mean, even though, you know, Alex is, is our main character in this one, it, it's it's really, I think I think Lance is, is the standout performance in this because he's the one who's aware of what's going on and he sort of is playing to his own end game only for it to get twisted on him. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's really well done. I mean, the, the stuff with Alex being a filmmaker and, you know, the girl he likes and who likes him is uh, is basically his star, his next scream queen, and 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 all that, and how that plays out in the end is actually kind of cool and really creepy, and leads to an, an absolutely really shocking death for a found footage oh. film. Oh, that was great! It's a fantastic kill. Like it's it's not yeah. something I don't think I've ever seen in a found footage film though. Um, they did that in Wreck, Wreck, the first one. Yeah, somebody kills um. Uh, one of the demons that way. Oh, okay. In wreck, but still, it, remi- it, was... it reminded me of Starry Eyes in the in the bedroom. I can see the dumbbell. That. It was just, yeah. it was really yeah. brutal. Yeah. And uh, you know, but it also was impactful. It was, there was meaning behind it. It was a, a um an emotional kill and and a, a bit of a a surprise. You know what I mean? Yeah, big surprise. Yeah, which which added to it. A big surprise, and also maybe something that people would criticize because Alex didn't really didn't really show this sort of side of him. It almost no, felt like, but like the chips looking, are down, you know, what are you going to do? It's survival of the fittest. Yeah. But he almost gives a sense like he's like, uh, he's almost going to sacrifice himself for her. Yeah. But I'm glad he did what he did instead. Didn't, they didn't go that route. How many times have you seen that in a movie? Yeah, right? no, I yeah. know. But, but I'm saying that maybe, you know, the, I don't think it unraveled enough for him in this one. I don't think he becomes as mad and as crazy as the others. He becomes a little bit more cliche of characters you see in found footage where it's like, you know, I'm not leaving without this equipment. This is $50,000. This is my film. Whereas most people would be like, let's get the fuck out of here. Well, yeah, but he had everything in there. He had everything in that film. Think about what he did. He's starting to make this other movie in the beginning. And then he ends up blowing it all off because he stumbles onto something which is much better. See, they're trying to make some regular movie. And then they find out he and I I, I I love that part when they're talking about filmmaking and he's like oh, he goes this is a better idea he goes actually right now he goes we're in the second act and and he was right they were in the second act in the film it came to the point that you know he was like we have this this is our setup now we got to go to this. forget about the movie that we're shooting on the weekend and the whatever this is the story I mean someone reached out to me here uh, this this is a big deal and I want to get to the bottom I'm the only one that can do it so. I don't know. I like all that. He was dedicated to getting this film out. And then it got to be so much more than that because he had pride about getting the film out. And then he had a mission because of other forces that wanted the film to get out, much like Lance. Lance just wanted to get Grave Encounters out. Yeah, but he even reached a point where it's like, all right, grab the cameras. Let's get the hell out of here. Whereas Alex, it it almost seemed had like a sense of calm to him, like almost like, yeah, I I just want to stay and keep making the film. But I'm not presenting as somebody who's losing my mind. He he wasn't losing his mind. That's what I like about it. That, it, but I think to me should, that seems more real. I, I yeah, I felt like he should have been become should have been uh, a little unraveled as it built. I don't know. I mean, a it's, little unraveled I can give you, but I like the fact that it was an impulse action. Like it, when push came to shove, 
Like he knew what was going to happen and he saw that he had competition with Lance and that Lance had the idea like, hey, I'm going to be the one person to get out and only one can get out. And then I think when that, when, you know, like I said, when push came to shove and that, that set in for Alex, he was just like, oh, well, I maybe not be happy about it, but this is what I got to do. And that's it. It's going to be me or you, bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. It's, it, that's especially for a college kid. It is what it is. I'm Alex, bitch. <laughs> Alex Wright, by the way, who was a Das Wonder kid, who was a wrestler in the 90s. Alex Wright. So <laughs> a little a little shout out to somebody out there that must know WCW wrestling. Now, Dave, I know what part really scared you in this one. The, the horse? Yeah, the rock Yes. <laughs> yes. See, isn't that creepy, though? Could you it's- imagine seeing that? It's all caps in my notes. It says Dave Z Rocking Horse. <laughs> Damn straight. Yeah, Rocking Horse. I had explained that to my daughter. I, I told her how I don't like Rocking Horses. <laughs> or, or how that would be scary if you saw a Rocking Horse do that on its own. That is scary shit, dude. Don't you see how that works now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the little girl, I mean, I I don't mind it that they showed more of the ghost, but it was a little, little Samara-esque. You know what? It's funny because my daughter said... She goes, that looks like Ringu when the girl was brushing her hair because that looks like the ah, mirror. Look at, look at us. Yeah. Ringu. Maybe I could be a good podcaster one day. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was a little bit. It, 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 I will give you that. But I like the fact, and I'll, I'll, once again, I'll have to give her, her, her props. She says that it's creepier when the ghost follows them as compared to the first movie. She put that idea in my head. And I said, you know what? You're right. Because a lot of times they just open their mouth, they do that scream, and people run. In this case, the ghosts actually came after. They didn't just scream and were content with that. They're like, yeah, okay, now I'm coming to get you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that, man. I, I mean, do like that. And I feel like it, it even kind of makes sense for this one. Because in this one, they're meeting up with Lance, who sort of knows a way to traverse this... Uh this asylum now he sort of he knows the weight like jumping through walls and falling through ceilings so it's almost like he's he's learned how to outsmart them how outmaneuver them so now they have to come after him to 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 really intimidate them because in the first one just you know creating a, a stopping point or an extra corridor was enough to create that element of of, of a nightmare whereas here you got to step it up okay you you might be able to get through the the, the maze a little bit but we're going to chase you. And what about the maze? What about that was the only thing I retained from the first time I saw the movie was this. And, and it, like again, I was watching it with Frankie and it blew her away too. And I was just like, yep. And I told her, I go, that was the only thing I remember from this movie. So I knew it was going to be cool when you saw it. And, and she had the same reaction I did. That was so cool. And I don't, I don't even want to spoil it. Because I think mm. it's so great. The elevator trick, the way that all plays out is brilliant, I think. Yeah, it's great stuff. Oh, man. you know, I've never seen that in a movie before where they go to that extent to show something. And, and it makes perfect sense for a movie like this. But it's just like, you know, I'm like, wow. And those doors open and you're like, holy shit. It's... And this time I noticed something right before they got on the elevator and, and they get in it. They look at a woman that's a cleaning lady, and the woman's just like frozen. She's just kind of staring at him. I'm like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Oh, you know, I didn't even notice that. But yeah, it's like uh, it's paranormal horror mixed with psychological horror. Yes, it's crazy. You don't you don't usually see it like this. It's you know, 
it's it's a whole other level. It really is. Uh, and man, good stuff. I got I got to bring up Tessa. I, I it was it was a good kill. Definitely a cool kill. I, I was kind of sad to see her go though because yeah, she was a she was a hottie. <laughs> boom! Wow! Yeah, she was a. a Roman what kid. what exactly happened to her? Like, was her head crushed? Like, yeah, she got freaking. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, the sound effects were cool and everything, and you know, I just didn't know exactly what was going on. Yeah. What, what would you What do you think? See, what, what What would you What kind of kill would you call it? Yeah, I think it was just a crushing. Yeah. Right. Crushing. <laughs> Good stuff. You've been kind of quiet. See, what do you think? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I, you must have opened a bottle of man. No, no, shutters. no. I just. Uh... <laughs> the end of the day it's a found footage film there's not we're not talking about a lot of substance here it's an effective movie for what it is but there's not that much to dissect here no not to dissect but there, there's cool things that, that go on in here you know they give you a little bit more explanation you know about dr freak freaking trying to open the door between two worlds you know which you know kind of plays into the satanic rituals in the first one so they, they connect them well and the whole red door thing is, is cool yep and uh, and stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, you're right. It's just one of the things I like that they do in both of them is when they they. I mean, and it makes sense because it's it's so psychologically tormenting for these characters that they all that at some point they stop and they rest and they always fall asleep for what seems like a much longer period of time than they wanted to. It almost seems like they've been out for like days or weeks when they wake up. I like well, that disorienting feel that uh, of it. Yeah, because you really don't know. No, you don't. No. I like that. I like when they play with time that way. The only time I've seen it done before is in, is in the Blair Witch uh, movies. Yeah. Actually, they do it there. Because Lance thinks he's been there for nine months at the end. Yes, and, nine months is actually nine years. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yes, that is crazy. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I like that. And how about when Lance... He's going crazy, and he's saying this, this, and that, and then he, then all of a sudden he goes into Lance from the first movie, and he's like, "Hello, this is Grave Encounters," and he goes into that spiel. That was freaking brilliant, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Just for like thirty seconds, he went into the character he was in the first movie, <laughs> and then he regressed back to that freaking, you know, that guy that's half nuts, or or more. Well, even as he was going into it, he was doing it like he was half nuts. Like it was still like, I think he was like working. He's like. Did he have to recite the line over and over and over again to try to get the introduction to sound perfect? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know, but I just thought it was cool how he went back into it. Yeah, I think maybe he did, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, well, I guess we can rate this one. Now, now see, you said you thought that you liked it not more, but probably yeah. just as much. Yeah, it's 7 out of 10. Like, I have it on par with the other one. I thought they complement each other. Nothing offensive here. I got a little annoyed at the loud noises, as I said earlier, but uh, an effective found footage movie and uh, a good follow-up. In fact, I thought I liked the characters more than the first batch, to be honest, but the movies are, are on an equal level. You know what? It's funny you should say that because that's, that's how I rated it too. Uh, this one also gets a 7.5. Same deal. Nice. Yeah, I'm yeah. right there with you. Seven, 7.5, slightly less than the first one. Even though I, I, it almost becomes a little bit, a little bit more of a fun, more fun film than the first one towards the end, 
especially the way that they conclude it and sort of leave it like leave you wanting a third one, which hopefully we get one day. That'd be cool. But uh, it's solid. I think the characters, while you might like them more, is you get you get more set up with them because you see them in their you know actual like college environment at the dorms, you know, and you you know so you you get more more of a character arc built from the start. Whereas <laughs> they take whereas the guy with those balls on his <laughs> yeah and all his friends are there it's like no everybody thought this was a good idea <laughs> oh that was funny man <laughs> yeah so, so you get that you get that you know the sense that you know that that this is a good group of friends even though they're you know kind of being assholes to each other but that's how that's how you are at that age whereas in the first one it just jumps right into we're here filming so nice. I, I, I can understand that nice Breaking news, we just got an email. How about that? Breaking. <laughs> live on the show. Live on the show, an email just popped in from Travis Boone. Hello, Heads. I'm a new fan. Thanks to your insanely in-depth coverage of the Friday series, and I've moved on to your nightmare coverage. I host my podcast through Fireside, and their plan works best for my budget and needs right now. But I was wondering how much you guys use in order to host such massive episodes. The podcast and y'all's chemistry is so on point, and y'all are some funny motherfuckers. <laughs> You've got a new fan here, and I appreciate the hard work. Cheers. Travis Maxwell Boone from Louisiana. Nice. Travis Maxwell Boone. That's a cool name. That is a cool yeah. name. <laughs> and, and, and the reality is that uh, uh, it's the play that Jason's scored for Horophilia because, yeah, our shows are, are huge. Uh, yeah. So he's got some... He's got some deal and we all just chip in once a year. So I, I wish I could give you more details, but Jason right. Lloyd's the one that you're going to have to hit up for that info. There you go. There's your answer, Travis. The horophilia so. meister himself. Yes. Mr. Wait, <laughs> wait till bloody bits. hits number one to post the top 10. <laughs> bloody bits. Yeah. I'm going to take six years off from posting the top 10s. <laughs> well, I was curious to see who would take it without us and 22 shots being on there. That, no, that, it was, no, was, it was cool. It was cool. I was curious to see what was going to happen. Cause I was saying, Hey, you should do one. Cause we're, neither of us are there. I realized that neither show was there. What's going to happen. You know what I mean? And then. Wouldn't it be funny if we still made the top 10? <laughs> <laughs> like an old our show. Ab our absence was more enjoyable than Horror Mafia's actual recording. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Bill, I I still owe you uh, Last House on the Left. I'm sending it to you. Same with you, Carly. If either of you are listening, they're coming. I've been, I've I've just been lazy. I, I apologize. You guys B won those movies like six years ago. DC. Love you both. Yeah, DC. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's BC. well, yeah, it's BC. It definitely is. Absolutely. I think it's him that won. Oh, well, I know yeah, it's him. Okay, all right, just making sure you're okay over there. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. This one is for a movie called Cure from 1997, written and directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who not only wrote and directed the film, but also wrote the novel that it's based on. And he directed Pulse, too. Yes. Yeah. A frustrated detective deals with a case of several gruesome murders committed by people who have no recollection of what they've done. I just want to say one thing before we start this. This movie, in my opinion, 
has Brandon written all over it. I think Brandon is going to adore this movie. We haven't talked one bit about it at all. I have no idea. But knowing him the way I do, this to me seems like a Brandon movie. So I wanted to put that out there. To say, let's see if my prediction is true. But Christian, what were you saying? Uh, Sorry. I agree with that statement as well. I was just going to say that uh, if there are people out there that could argue that I Saw the Devil is not a horror film, they will probably not think Cure is a horror film. That's fair. I'm of the opinion that it is. Again, right. when there's a serial killer involved and the way the gruesomeness of, of what is displayed here, I, I think all falls into the realm of horror very easily. Absolutely. Yeah, because this, I mean, not only is it gruesome, but it also starts to, with, with this film in particular, starts to deal with uh, with hypnosis and psychological stuff and even, even referenced as uh, hypnosis being called like uh, what didn't they refer to it as almost like a witchcraft back in the day? So it becomes almost like a like a supernatural thing in a sense. Oh, the performances here are great. This is when you know, you know, I think we brought it up earlier in this show. I know we brought it up because I could be confusing this because I just finished editing the Ringu episode that when it's in a foreign language, it's difficult to sometimes know if it's a good performance. I would say that this is a perfect example of a movie that's in another language that you're just like saying the performances are fantastic all around. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes it can be difficult, I, you know, but uh, yeah, it's usually these types of, you know, Japanese or Korean thriller horror films usually have strong performances and this is no exception. I mean, the, the, our two leads here, you know, our, what, what's the cop's name? Takabe, man, I'm going to butcher the name. What's the, uh, our, our killer Mamiya. Oh, yeah. Mamiya. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember start with an M. <laughs> you guys are always great with the uh, the names. I'm the I always write down. Them. I always write down all the names, but uh... yeah, and it's you know I, I try. This film is very confusing, but at the same time, I'm trying to look at it from a much simpler standpoint. What we got here is a serial killer that's using hypnosis to kill people. To to make other people kill people. To, yeah, to make other people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to manipulate the situation. Yeah, to, so, yeah you're right. Sorry, I said that. Wrong. Which I, but I love it. I loved the the matter of factness of the beginning, and you're like, what the fuck's going on here? And how it would, it, it took us like you know three killings before we kind of really figure out what's happening. I think by the second one, you kind of get a better idea, of course, of what's going on. In my mind, whether sacrilegious or not, in my mind, I'm like, this is such a great idea. I would love to remake this film. And we were about 45 minutes into it. <laughs> I just yeah. loved the yeah. idea so much. And there's just a part in the movie. Uh, and I know we're, we're not. I, you did the setup with the, the thing. So I'm not going to see my scene here. We never really do. But it's a beautiful establishing shot of a house. And this guy just goes barreling through the window. Yeah. It's yeah. such a great opening. Well, not opening scene. But I said, what if the movie opened with that? Or something, if you changed around the timeline a bit and opened with that, it'd be such a cool way to open the movie. Where oh, the movie goes, right. where the movie goes, it gets deeper and deeper. So just when you think, okay, it's about a guy, a serial killer using hypnosis to make other people kill people. That's like the beginning of it. And the relationship between him and that main, main detective is what uh, sort of grows. Yeah, and it's interesting that the killer here is, you know, He's the least menacing killer you've ever seen, yet it's still a terrifying <laughs> movie. And that's what's great about it. He's so unassuming. He's, you know, he, he's skinny. He doesn't he doesn't look threatening at all. In fact, everyone always just takes him in and wants to help him. At the same time, he's just 
brutal in his approach to hypnotizing people. He, he basically breaks down their their will and their spirit by by talking them to death with question after question after question and yeah. repetitiveness. It's like like you start to, like I was getting annoyed. It was ridiculous. Well, he's just so laid back. It's like he smoked a fat Johnny right before uh, the movie and just. But where I was going with it is there's a part in the movie where he says. The, the reality is, though, that these people can't do anything that they wouldn't want to do because there's that one detective that he tries to to hypnotize that ends up just committing suicide. That's the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist. Sorry. And, and he's the one who says that he's the one who comes to the conclusion that you can't you wouldn't commit murder under hypnosis if you wouldn't commit murder in real life. Which, uh, you know, is an interesting statement that all these people I, are doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, is is our is our killer here just hypnotizing and and and, and um, stripping away to to the part of everyone, the dark side of, of everyone that does have a desire to hurt someone else, or is it that he's truly making innocent people kill? Because they all sort of admit after the fact, with with the exception of maybe the first guy who jumps out the window talking about his wife. I, I don't remember what he said about her, but they all sort of admit that. That the other person that they killed annoyed them in some way. That's true. Uh, we all, wife. We, <laughs> <laughs> right. We all get annoyed with them, and we all get annoyed with people we know, even if we love them. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, that that means we all, you know, might on some subconscious level have, you know, a, a kill fantasy in us. Yeah, it's you just know, we, weird because I like the fact that he says the one guy when they're talking to him, he says, "You know what?" He goes, "I, I remember how it happened." Yeah, I wasn't thinking of it like before, but they, that, I think he says it seems it seems like the natural thing to do at the time. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. The natural thing to do. I mean, but it's it's also really really uh, interesting that the the cop who's becoming emotionally unstable throughout the film, and everyone keeps hinting, "You don't look good. Oh, you know, yeah. you, you need to take a break." Is the one character who is not hypnotized is not is not susceptible to his his hypnosis and that's why he becomes like a, a worthy adversary it's like a showdown yeah that one scene is great when he when he goes in there and he starts it's just the two of them he starts talking about his wife and then he makes it rain and, and yeah you know uh burns out his candle and they're having all that, that all that conversation because it was right after the scene with his wife when he goes home and he sees he thought that something happened to yeah. her, but in fact, it didn't. That was kind of crazy, you know? So he obviously, I, I took it that he obviously got into his head, but maybe wasn't right. 100% successful because, yeah, that was bizarre. It, yeah. it, was, it was bizarre, but I almost felt like it was more of just Takabe breaking down because, I mean, we don't really know what's going on at the beginning when they're talking about having a vacation, but we learned that, you know, his wife has some sort of, like, dementia or something that she's clearly not well you know you you start to think like oh was she a was she a victim of him that she keeps you know getting lost is she hypnotized is she in a trance but she's she's genuinely sick and so dealing with that on top of the stress of looking for a serial killer i think just drives him to a point of uh of you know seeing seeing things and i think maybe that's kind of the point of the film it's like whether it's some serial killer using hypnosis or just the stress of everyday life it's like that that darkness is is only like a you know a thin layer of skin buried you know it's right there it's almost on the surface what's the story of bluebeard 
other than the, using it as a plot device as so she's reading it to start the film only to not remember the book whatsoever when she goes back to the doctor later the wife uh, I'm referencing here but do you guys know the story of bluebeard at all didn't he, didn't he kill his wives he kept getting married and killing his wives i believe i don't know i, I pirates always bored me when i was a kid <laughs> yeah i think the tale tells the story of a wealthy man in the habit of murdering his wives and the attempts of one wife to avoid the fate of her predecessors. And I feel like there's, you know, there's probably a lot more to get from the novel. And also, I always feel with uh, with foreign films is this, there's a cultural thing that sometimes I don't get. So, I mean, I know certain people who are who love Asian cinema and do tons of research on it after where, you know, I would love to know more, but I'm not necessarily diving into research right after watching a film, even though I kind of want more explanation as to, to why, like you said, why, why is she reading Bluebeard? What's the, what's the connection besides well, a man, a man who keeps killing? How many people have actually had the option or ability to write a novel and then be able to translate it themselves into a screenplay and then direct said screenplay? Like other than Stephen King with Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I guess uh, I guess Clive Barker. Clive yeah. Barker. I, I, there's got to be more that I'm just not thinking of. But like that took it from novel to script to 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 screen. All joking aside, Stephen King with Maximum Overdrive, unfortunately, um, <laughs> or fortunately, depending on what you think of that movie. Uh, Clive Barker with well Hell, Hellraiser as well as Nightbreed. Uh, and Lord of Illusions, for that matter. Yeah. But uh, there's got to be many more that I that are just not coming to mind right now. I don't know why. Yeah, that, I... it, it just is interesting to me because you, what you. What, whoa, hello. What was that? Oops. Oops. <laughs> that would scare yeah. the shit out of me. But it's just. <laughs> yeah, you've I created it. anyone else. You've created yeah. it from uh, like from scratch, and you get to have total control of the story, visuals, and everything. Sorry, you know not what? to derail. I love. I just. That, that stuff is the I, shit I think you hypnotized me. me there. You got me yeah. all relaxed now. <laughs> yeah, I am kind of relaxed. You're right. <laughs> that was good. I like that scene with the uh, when he's with that doctor. And see, that's another one, though. See, that's what's different. And that one, he actually kind of encourages her. And when else does he actually do that? When he says all that stuff about you just wanted to cut open a man and he reads her mind and he goes through that whole thing. You know, and he goes, they said that you're just a woman. And then he pushes her head down and puts his hand on her head. And see, that's that's when you actually see his intent. Where before he was just having these conversations with these people. And I don't know if he was playing dumb or he just was in, in, in that state of mind. And he was almost like being controlled by some other force that he, he, and he was rubbing off on people. But in that particular scene, he took control. Yeah, and I think he's always in control. I mean, and it's not until, you know, the the cop really discovers it and discovers that he's, you know, has no memory issues whatsoever. Like, he remembers everything, especially when they're having the, the meeting in front of all the other cops and the, the, the head of the police department's there, and he's try- and, they, and they're all losing their shit, getting mad at his line of questioning. But <laughs> right. he's, he's got, he's got all perfect memories, but he's just using his different forms of hypnosis and suggestion to drive everyone nuts. It's weird because when I'm watching it, it, it almost seems like, I don't know, it's believable that, that he's not trying to piss anybody off. He's almost like a Hannibal Lecter. In a right? Way. He's like right. a Hannibal Lecter that his, he's able to almost just 
talk you to kill someone. Yeah, he gets in the head of everybody. Yeah. I, I talk about how gruesome that scene is where, where the camera goes into the washroom and goes, and you, you we see her, and she's literally pulling the face off her victim, uh, fully oh. peeling the face back, and that's when that's she gets great. interrupted by uh, the guy that walks into the stall, probably wondering, what the fuck am I looking at here? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> how matter-of-factly the cop just pulls out his gun and shoots his co-worker in the head. And it's like, doo-doo-doo, like I, I'm taking out the groceries or bringing in the groceries or stuff like that. It's so matter-of-fact. That's yeah. what's scary about it. it. It's a first-time watch. I was really taken aback by it in a good way. Like, it, it really won me over. I thought this one had a fantastic pace. Yeah. That's good. I Both times I watched I watched it twice. Uh, once obviously the beer, the other was for uh, for Duncan's show because this was a 90s movie and we were picking out movies for that particular year, which was 97. Seven. Yes, 97. And we all each brought movies to the table. And this was one that I was curious about. I knew we were eventually going to do it for this show. And there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of good things going on in 97, let me tell you. So. I was just like, yeah, why not this movie? I think this is the kind of movie that other people might want to see, and I'll be seeing it. And I watched, and both times I watched it, there were moments in the movie where I drifted off. It's that's, it, that's it's, all there is to it. You know what? And I, uh, I don't. Uh, it's definitely a slow-paced film. It's definitely it's on the longer side, so I understand it. You know, because yeah, it is too much stuff that's intriguing about it that makes me like it but yeah definitely the the pacing of it 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 hurts it a little i mean it gets a little confusing you know i understand the 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 cop here he discovers that that our killer is a psychology student and studied that the works of this this mesmer guy who was this original hypnotist and they find a video of this mesmer guy hypnotizing a woman in like the late 1800s and she ended up killing uh, her son and you know that's when it all you know started and he became basically a student of this and decided to carry on these these types of these these murders so th- that makes sense and it's the uh the psychiatrist who reveals all this to to the cop and somewhere along the line the psychiatrist has a meeting with the killer wants to talk to him and he somehow gets gets hypnotized well, but hit- yeah yeah now, I, don't, I don't mean to jump to the end, but I'm going to. <laughs> because that was the one thing I thought it was very kind of intriguing, and it leaves you kind of on, on uh, when he's in the restaurant there. Are we supposed to get the yeah. idea that he's he's taking over? And the reason I say that is the waitress comes over, talks with him. He seems very happy because of what what's transpired in the film and with his wife and everything like that, and she leaves, and the camera sort of stays stagnant on that and we see her grab a knife and she walks towards and then the movie cuts to black and the credits roll yeah but um you know with that scene because I've, I've been trying to interpret that kind of for a while now there's nothing he does that suggests he he had any sort of uh hypnotic control over her because the, the exchange is very quick but it's it's a parallel to that scene earlier in the film where he's there and he's eating dinner as well. Yeah. By himself. So I, I was wondering, truth be told, I didn't go back to compare the two scenes. But why is this woman suddenly just going off to essentially what we assume is stab a co-worker? Uh, or is she? I think she is. I think, I, yeah. I like I think she is. And it's. It, I think it's, it's kind of 
you could take it a, a few different ways. I kind of thought like, okay, did Mamiya have some sort of hypnotic control over more people that has spread now, like a like a like a virus? Are there other people out there that are doing what he's doing, or is it simply just a random woman who's had enough of taking shit from her manager and it's just about to snap and it's just sort of like a you know a parallel to him doing these these hypnotic killings whereas here's this woman who's per- perfectly fine has all her faculties and yet finally snaps and is willing to kill even though on the surface she's a, a seemingly normal good person and is it just drawing parallels between the fact that you know here we have a killer with the hypnosis versus somebody who's completely fine and how close you can be to self-destructing well they have that that final confrontation with the two of them and yeah right that i think that's leading to that it's leading to something again i i, I drifted off and i was a bit confused and he says eventually everyone comes here or what did he say i, uh, I knew you were going to come here something about him being there yeah then, right and then then you see the way it ends up at the end so I don't know. I think Christian was onto something, but I got a little bit confused. I'm not gonna. Again, I drifted, so that might have something to do with it. But the thing know. that confused me was um, after he kills him, listening to that that phonograph. I, I wanted to know who who is who's that voice supposed to be saying that th- those those words over and over. Is that supposed to be Mesmer? Is that I mean, what's going on here? Is it supernatural? You know, when he says to him, I knew I knew eventually you'd make it here. Is he talking about the actual physical location of this building in the wilderness? Or is he talking about the fact that here he is uh, and he kills him because he just I mean, he shoots him. He overkills. He shoots him like 20 times. And it's even referenced that he's never killed anyone earlier in the film, the cop. And then here he is putting like 50 bullets into this guy. It's not even like. Like a one, one or two bullets, and you're dead. It's it's overkill. Yeah, I don't know. I have no answers for. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed you know. I looked up a lot. I really just, I mean, I couldn't really find much in terms of other pe- people's theories about everything that's going on. There's a and cr- I, I, sorry. No, go ahead. What no, you I saying? keep cutting you off. And I, I, no, I keep I talking. Too no, much. that's good. <laughs> that's a good thing. On YouTube, there a guy does. Uh, a nice little breakdown, but not to the extent of where I uh, was going with trying to um, interpret the ending, like you were, were trying to interpret the ending. And he just does a comparison at the beginning, comparing it to Seven a little bit and how David Fincher directs that movie in a, such a way that, you know, it doesn't leave much, I don't want to say to the imagination, but it's the details are given to you as opposed to how this director, or well, writer or director, um, allows the action to unfold in those long shots and long takes and it has a, a totally different uh, meaning and feeling to it uh, based on the way that he presents it. Very interesting. He did, it's about 20 minutes long, uh, mm-hmm. his breakdown, but I'm more, I really wanted to look at something that talked about the ending. Like, is this a disease? Uh, uh, like a, like that, it, that's transpired, like by him killing him at the end, did it transfer over? Something's happened because we've got that ending. See, you know, I, I think, um, Obviously, the title is like ironic because whatever whatever is happening at the end, I, I really feel that, that she's definitely going to kill and that there is no cure for that because that's part of the human condition, whether it's a virus or not. I think normal human beings are just capable of it 
without even knowing it, even if they say they're not. Yeah. I think there's only so much a person can take. And I think that that's why there's no cure, because, you know, we're all humans and we're all susceptible to, to being driven to a point where that feels like the natural thing to do. Definitely. I feel like I, I, feel like I hypnotized you. <laughs> no, no, no. It, uh, there's a lot there. It's it's confusing. And at first one, I really like I know you said that I was going to love it. And um, I kind of do. But at the same time, I, I can't like I can't rate this movie as high as I probably would if I really understood it all. But, you know, just thinking about it, that's I do love films like that. But sometimes like I need a little bit more. And then sometimes there's films that give me nothing where it's like I, I don't like that. It's like you got to give me you got to give me something. Right. That's I figured you were going to have some type of explanation or understand it more much more fully than I did. And I, 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 yeah. I did get it. I get the basic thing. I know what's obviously going on here. We discussed it. The guy shows up, you know, people kill. He doesn't have to do whatever. It is what it is. It just what happens with the end of it. And um, there's no explanation as to why. Yeah. Time, is there? And I don't need it. I'm just I'm not as, saying I need that. No, I mean, he's just, you know, a, a brilliant student who becomes enamored with the works of this great hypnotist who used uh, his powers for evil. Because you see it on the videotape of, of that woman. And, and so he became a killer in that sense. And it's about this detective, you know, keeping his sanity in the midst of his life falling apart. You know, his wife is 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 dying painfully in a way because she's she's losing herself. And then, you know, it becomes sort of a cat and mouse game, cat and mouse game between the two of them. And eventually it leads to a conclusion. It's after that conclusion, the kill, which is great. And, you know, him reaching up and crossing the X in the air as he's dying. It's right after that, the listening to the, the phonograph. What do those words mean? Is there any sort of meaning to whose voice that is? And then, of course, the, the final scene, like you guys said, like, is there what's what's the deeper interpretation in there? I think it's spread. Now he's the one doing it. But within that scene, we didn't we didn't see a lead up to that scene. Remember that we cut into that scene at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was just information we were presented. But based on everything that has preceded that and the fact that he's killed Masaka, whatever the fucking guy's name is. Sorry. Uh, the, the psychology student, that whatever. Uh, Sakuma. Everything that's happened. He's now there and we see what the waitress is doing. Obviously, it's transferred over to him and murder is, I guess, one's ability to cure themselves. They wouldn't do anything that they wouldn't that they wouldn't have wanted to do subconsciously. So he's curing them and allowing them to do it. Yeah, it could be. I mean, there's there's some there's some pivotal scenes that, you know, make you question, because when the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist handcuffs himself and then tries to hang himself, he's still alive. So evidently he fell under under the killer's spell but he still had the uh, the wherewithal to to not hurt someone else and try and kill himself. Now, did he handcuff himself because he felt like killing someone else and he and he just had a brief moment, or was what he said earlier in the film true about people who have no intention of killing in real life would not kill under hypnosis? So was he right? And then the ending has nothing to do with with any of this killing that's going on, and it's just you know a random killing and just you know, just a social commentary thing. Like killings are just going to continue to happen whether somebody makes them happen or not because people are people. All right, I'm, I'm jumping down a rabbit hole that no, can just... Yeah, and I don't have an answer to that, but... <laughs> yeah. Because there are weird things. Like, I mean, all of a sudden, the hypnotist is loose. Like, he's he's free to go. We, we were just sort of 
given quick information that he was allowed to leave. Yeah, and and there are people dead. He kills like a cop or something. It's it's very quick. Yeah. It's very random, very dreamlike. And there's also a scene towards the end. It's a, a real quick where the cop has an image of his wife dead in the institution. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, right. It's so quick, and I I I and I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but I'm I'm intrigued enough to to want to know. Well, Dave, yep. you you seem like we didn't really help you out that much. But sorry, do you like the film? No, it isn't that you didn't help me out. I just, I did. I like the film. Yes. Again, there was a little, there was some downtime and, um, you know, both times I kind of drifted off when I was watching it. I did enjoy it. I just thought it could have been shorter. I, I liked the kills. I liked the story, the basics, you know, what we see here. I just thought it went a little bit too long. I liked the conflict w- between the psychiatrist and the cop and, how that ties in with everything and their different approach to uh, the the killer, if you will, whatever you want to call him, the mystery man. But no, I enjoyed it. I just I'm curious as to as to how high you guys are going to come in with it because I, I know it's a well made film. I know a lot of people love it. It just I wish it registered with me to the point maybe it, it, to the amount that it does with other people. Like for me, it's just like a seven out of ten. I like it, but I'm not you know. Yeah, it's it's all for me. And that's fair. And I, I'm I'm at an eight. Like I really enjoyed it, but first time watch, and I'm left with a bunch of questions as well, and not in a bad way. Like I just feel like I do need to revisit this to to get more from it. Yeah, and and that's how I feel. Like uh, uh the uh the hypnosis was the hypnosis was compared to magic and alchemy, not witchcraft. <laughs> so that's another thing that uh you know throw it in there. Is there something magical and and, and and supernatural taking place here otherworldly so it there's a lot of questions here like open for interpretation but I, i'm i'm right there with you maybe a little bit higher see i i think i can go eight and a quarter i feel like if i go eight and a half and then i watch it again i'm just like not as into it it's one of those films where it's like it, it there's stuff that you want answered and, and either that needs to be answered and either you want to hear and you want to learn about or you don't because there's other films that are just like this, where I feel like they're very ambiguous, where it's like, oh, that's just annoying, and I could care less, like, even if someone wants to explain it to me. Whereas here, I feel like there's there's enough there where you probably can figure it out, but, it, but you it's, know. What's frustrating to me is I think of this, and I, 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 like I said, really enjoy it, and there is substance here. Yeah. There's things to dissect, and I rate the movie an 8 out of 10, yet, you know, last year I gave Terrifier a 9 out of 10. And you know what? But it's it it, it, it's apples and oranges. I, I mean, know. Ter- I know. Terrifier. I mean, I, does it present I itself? Remember, yeah. I don't remember what I gave Terrifier, but if if I was to rate it right now, I'd probably give it a nine, nine and a half because it's just a fucking blast. I mean, it just it, is. It's just it's just interesting to me that 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 happens. I mean, I know we all have our opinions, and some people would be like, "Oh, this movie's a dreadful bore," or we had someone just recently post a joke on our page saying, "I hear I'm missing a lot by not watching foreign films." Well, there's a lot of hot chicks that I'm not going to get to fuck, and that hasn't changed anything. And then someone's like, "Yeah, but those chicks don't want to fuck you. Foreign films have nothing against you." It was kind of a funny little thing on our page, yeah. but and I think sometimes when you watch films like that, you're going from an enjoyment factor where, like you said, with this one, you recognize that there's substance there. Like I, like you get the well, you have to. We have to probably all agree on the fact that since this guy wrote the novel, wrote the screenplay, and wrote the movie, that he probably has an explanation for everything he did. And there is an answer to everything. 
So it's not just like lazy writing where it's like, oh, I left it all up to your imagination, where sometimes that gets to the point where that's kind of lazy and stupid. You know, finish yeah, your course. movie. Of course. Whereas well, here, yeah. here, here there's, there's clearly substance behind every, every scene in the film. Oh, just interpreting yeah. it is, you know, it's harder than... Uh, well, yeah, that's that's it. This is the uh, this is the stuff that uh, horror quarters made of. He has the answers to this. Yeah. So that makes it okay. There are a lot of movies out there that are very ambiguous. And they they pretend to know the answers, but they really don't know what they're yeah. what they're trying to say. Totally enjoyable, worth checking out, and worth discussing. Absolutely, no doubt about it. It's an interesting film. It's kind of original. Well, we got one more to go, and then we'll be done. Let's get into that. This is a, a more recent J-horror film, and this is more my speed of, of, of film, actually. So, in more ways than one. Speed yeah, as 1. far 5 as... speed? Spe- <laughs> didn't have to do that. Speed as far as length is concerned, and speed as far as the type of, uh, of film it is. Because like, like I've said before, when it comes to J-horror, I do like all of it, but I, I, I find that I definitely prefer the the supernatural type ghostlies or, or, or things like that more than the other stuff. So that will bring us to uh, a movie called Premonition. Oh, this guy directed Ringu Zero. Really? Yeah. Wow. Now we're talking. <laughs> All right. You ready? Oh, yeah. It's going gonna, gonna to happen again. Watch out. <laughs> All right. Premonition from 2004, directed by Norio Saruta. Uh, a man who discovers a newspaper that predicts his future. It features an obituary relevant to the death of his young daughter, and in fact, the girl dies shortly later. Years later after this event, he finds more papers with more deaths predicted. I'm going to get the papers, get the papers. <laughs> the papers. <laughs> How about that? What's his name? Noriega? What's that director? Yeah, Nor- Noriega. Norio Saruta. He did Ringu Zero. Yeah, how about that? I bet we're the only podcast in history to do back-to-back shows featuring a movie by director Norio. Noriega. Norio. Norio. Norio, sorry. Like Oreo with an anime. No, Norio right? cookie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Premonition. What's going to score higher? Ring Zero or Premonition? Hmm, stay tuned. Probably Premonition for me. <laughs> well... Well, I can't you, remember your rating. Well, as you said, though, it, this is probably more your speed. It was my speed, too. Uh, although I didn't have a problem with Cure's pacing by any means, this was definitely the most fast-paced of the films we yeah. watched. And it's, that's 20 minute, sure. and it's like 20 minutes shorter, isn't it? And that's on top of it, correct. My kind of film, for that reason, paced quickly. Like I said, it's, it's a ghost thing going on here. Well, not a ghost, but it's... You know it, what I mean. It's supernatural, but it's a really, like... Nice story. I actually told my wife, I'd be like, okay, I got to finish off this movie, watch it. Last film for the, for the show. And when I'm done, she's like, how was it? I'm like, it was really, really good, yeah. but it's not, a, I, I said that was more sad than horrific. I'm not saying it's well, not a horror film. There are, there are horrific moments in this movie for sure, but it was a sad film. <laughs> it is yeah, but it, it's also a nice film about, you know, being able to change fate and, you know, have a shot at redemption. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked that quite a bit, and I thought the um, I thought the setup was great uh, with the car, and you know how he would blame himself. Uh, obviously, with there's going to be a bit of spoiler here. I mean, there's a car accident within the first five minutes of the movie, and 
uh, a young girl dies. And it's really well done. There's a bit of the CG there where the the uh, windshield... The paper? The, well, that, yeah, of course, the paper. But the yeah. windshield blows out and it's really CG glass. Yeah. A split second. But when, she, when that glass shard comes across her face and slices her, I thought that was great. But I'm jumping the gun. Great. I'm jumping the gun because we haven't even talked about the fact that he's going... And I never knew this existed. So I guess in Japan, you could have hooked up your laptop to a payphone and upload or download shit from the internet? I don't know if that's true. I just figure it's it's movie shit. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, when you watch... Well, think about the movies that you watch uh, in the States. Even when Scream came out. Remember when Scream came out and there's that scene when she's freaking calling the cops on, 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 oh, yeah. on their computer? Or, clone, or cloning a cell phone? To this day, I don't know how to clone a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> right. See? That's ask, ask the sheep. <laughs> Oh, no, he said he had to charge his phone, right? Was that wasn't his? No, he was up. He was actually up. He had to send that email, so oh, he, 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 okay. he plugged into the phone, and it was that's what was sending. And he was like getting antsy because it was taking forever because it was like old school dial up. It was like it was uploading. Yeah. yeah, and he was waiting there. I'm like, that's a thing. He actually could do that. I didn't actually think it was. I bought it line and sinker. It might yeah. be a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows Google, really Google it, be. Yeah, Google it. Um, pay what pay it phone called? internet in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was at first trying to charge it. Like yeah, that's he was what I die, But then maybe he was just trying to charge it. That's what I thought he was doing. I thought he said, you know, he needed to finish it and they still had a few hours to drive. So they turned around to go back to the pay phone. He was going to charge it. Then he finds the, the paper article with the death of his daughter on it. I think he was just charging, and he had to have it plugged in. I'm yeah, and then, positive. Yes. I'm positive he was sending. He was actually sending a message. Well, he was sending a message, but he needed power to do so. He, he was running out of power in the car, so he was using that as a power source. Oh, okay. That's what I got. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, buddy. Maybe um, you know. Maybe you know, at, at first when that accident happens, I thought that the driver of the truck was the same driver that hit Ben Tramer <laughs> because there was absolutely no attempt to slow down whatsoever. But then they explained later that he probably had a seizure and died. Like, right. he, Which I liked. Just, Not that he died. Yeah, but... that was fine because at first I'm like, <laughs> at first I wrote down that it was a hit and run, even though I'd seen it before. It's been a long time. I'm like, where the hell did the guy go? He just like <laughs> plowed through them and was gone. <laughs> there was a cop too. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's the greatest scene. I, uh, I never realized it until we did that thing on Banana Laser and Matt brought it up. And I, I, I laughed my ass off because ne- all the times I've seen that movie, I was just always taking, I was just always looking at the other stuff. Just the fact that this was happening and, and Loomis was going crazy and Ben Tramer gets hit and that whole thing. And it never occurred to me that that was a cop. It just didn't register, but... <laughs> and how fast he was going for no And, and they're barely remorseful. Yeah. They're like, is that him? Uh, I can't tell. I can't tell behind the <laughs> is milk. Him? <laughs> is it him or not? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't tell. Yeah, we, we should do a show about like top 20. Uh, Lubus moments? You know. <laughs> well, no, just funny moments in horror that are like unintentionally funny. <laughs> that, might, that might rank. That might be cool. Yeah, definitely. It might be number one. I'll tell you right now, I, uh, <laughs> I it chapter two, which I, I quite enjoyed, had a lot of unintentionally funny things going on in it. 
I just want to put that out there. I, I, I laugh at some things that other people probably aren't going to laugh at, but you, you know, I never find, I, I never find any of those. It's usually somebody posting something and, and reminding, reminding me that this is funny, like the Ben <laughs> Tramer clip, but in the film dead kids with James Spader, there's a scene where he shoots a dog and I die laughing every time because he's like, let go of the dog. Then he fires the shotgun from like two feet away and you don't see it because it's like behind a box but it looks like the dog goes flying 50 yards back. And I just, I don't know why. Toxic Avengers style? It just looks right? like it's that and like the scene at the end of Grizzly when the guy kills the bear. What the, oh, he, shoots with like, the... he shoots the bazooka from like 15 feet away and the bear explodes into like a million pieces. Like that kind of shit just makes me laugh. It's great. I completely blew it. Well, I watched The Prophecy. That's what you said, right? Oh, Prophecy. no, I was... Uh, what Grizzly. I'm sorry. Grizzly. I no, watched... Prophecy too. Prophecy also with the kid with the with the uh, <laughs> sleeping bag. Well, that's what I was waiting. Here's the thing. <laughs> I watched Prophecy a couple years ago, and for the first time, pardon me, I watched Grizzly a couple years ago for the first time, uh-huh. and I was thinking that that was the movie with the sleeping bag kill with with the bear and the feathers and all that stuff that I've heard about and never seen it. So by the time it came to the end of that movie, and I hadn't seen that part yet. I was so waiting for that scene that I couldn't even appreciate the person taking out the bazooka and doing that. Because I'm thinking, where's the sleeping bag kill? I was waiting for this the whole the movie. Sleep, the sleeping bag kill in Prophecy. I just saw Prophecy for the first time like two weeks ago. And oh, man, that is the best sleeping bag kill I've ever seen. Because that kid not only goes flying, he explodes when he hits the rock. And then the, <laughs> it, it, Wait a second. Did this movie just get a blue release or something like that? Because everybody's it, talking about the prophecy all of a sudden. It just, it just got announced that I think Scream Factory's putting it out. But okay. but uh, I but I, I watched it on Prime. I'd always it, wanted to see it, and I never saw it. And uh, yeah, now it's now it's getting a lot of love because it's getting a Blu-ray. Of I'm gonna watch it. I am it's, gonna watch it's it. It's really fun. It's actually really fun. Grizzly's really fun. I don't know how we wound up here, but yeah. Uh, but if you're gonna be a bear, be a grizzly. <laughs> And that is from the Cannonball Run. <laughs> We're all over the place. Let's go. Holy talk about shit! Back to premonition. Holy smoke! Yeah. How did this we get our, here? Indeed. <laughs> this is how our bonus reviews are going to be too. I think on, on the Patreon because, yeah, I just have a feeling that's what's going to happen. Anyway, uh, you know what the key to the success of this film is for me is the performances, especially by the the husband and wife. They are no. good. I think they're terrific. I think. Uh, I mean, his remorse and everything, like, it genuinely, like, got to me. Oh, like, it's fantastic. Guilt, yeah, yeah, it's like, I mean, because he's the one who wanted to turn the car around, so he truly blames himself. Yeah. And and, th- and then you learn, would... you know, because it's, there's a three-year jump in time, and, of course, they're divorced, as tends to happen in a situation like this. But, like, he, over the period of time, he had tried to convince his uh, his ex-wife now at the time that uh, about this newspaper thing, but nobody ever really believed him. But she's she's secretly researching it, like yeah, yeah, right. And then that's yes. and then comes to believe him, obviously, as as the story progresses. I love how they get back together, only for him to have to um to relive his worst horror. So at the end, when we're in that loopy area, is he yeah. supposed to be in hell or purgatory or whatever it is that that makes him have to relive that? Like, uh, that's, that's the confusing the part. That's my problem with this movie. This movie turns into, and it's another good movie, 
But the last act, it, where it goes, it reminds me a little bit of Audition, where all of a sudden all this shit's just happening. And I enjoy it, and it looks good, and it's cool, but it's almost like the butterfly effect on speed. I don't know. It's just Yeah, I think you just sort of have to accept that, um, you know, why is he chosen to to have these premonitions in the first place? He obviously does the research and... Yeah, discovers, I don't care about that. And discovers the other guy who does, who has it, and uh, the other people more than the guy, the kid, the thirteen year old that aged that whole situation. Oh yeah, 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 the thirteen, yeah, the kid, yeah. But but they obviously see that you know the, the what the what the effect is of of using this power. One of the most horrific parts in the movie is him having to relive the accident from all the different scenarios, like from him moving the wife only for that not to turn out so good from him beating the the actual truck that hits yeah, the car. Was the driver. <laughs> Beside the driver, you couldn't get, like, I thought that was great. And I agree, like, there, there's confusion there. But as B said, I kind of accepted it, and I, I was there for the ride. But that was the most confusing part. Sorry, I hit my mic there. That was the most confusing part. One of the things that I found um, interesting was the guy that started going all black. Well, now, that's, that's the thing. You almost, like... Uh... You sort of like, I, I don't know if it's like a rotting or a like I, fading I took it away. As he, I took it as he was turning into the newsprint. Ooh, Ooh wow. that's, that's very good. I like that. I, at first, I was wondering what was going on. And then when he was looking at the newsprint, and because they had the blotches at first, on the actual newspapers, there's like black, black blotches. And I thought, is that guy turning into newsprint? And then just sort of. Uh, dissipating or fading away like the newspapers, the ghostly newspapers are. I think you're right. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a good observation because uh, now that you mention it, it did have that look to it. And he, he faded away like yesterday's news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He definitely did. Wow. Hey, B, or, or I'm sorry. Hey, C, how long have you had that, that the, the, the pop filter? Oh, uh, like the last, the last two episodes, three episodes, I think. Okay, I think I'm just noticing it now for the first time. So the sock is, too. the sock is retired. We didn't just discuss you retiring the sock filter. I, really? Hold on, I'm gonna move this back. He's wearing think, the sock filter. Yeah. <laughs> it's on my cock. It's our cock he was running filter. Out of money. Yeah. He was running out of money. He needed the sock. <laughs> I call it my lucky so rubber. He stole, it's... he stole the pop filter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, put on the sack. No, I think I did mention it. I think I finally said this was the first episode I'm I'm using my new pop filter. But if I didn't, this is the third episode I'm using my new pop filter. If you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking for your other sock, check your TGIF 13 uh, filter. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably on there. <laughs> oh man, what, we're cool. all over the place. Yeah, got a filter. I got a filter. I, got a filter. I finally, I finally spent the thirteen dollars. Yes. If that, yes. it might have even been I, less. <laughs> and I have an extra one too. I got it more because I retired my old my old microphone and, and and pop filter. But that's another story. We've been through this. But yeah, maybe you're right about that. I'll say this. To me, I had comparisons to Ring. Uh, the old couple getting back together and then going somewhere and doing research together uh, involving videotapes when they get to the one place. Oh which, yeah, that was great. Well, that was that him was recording his... Not like Ring meets Final Destination. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good. That's a good little uh, mashup. 
Japanese ring. Oh, the Japanese ring meets Japanese Final Destination. <laughs> and how about that? Premonition, it was uh, what Final Destination was going to be called when it was going to be an X-Files episode. That was the original title for Final Destination, Premonition. Take that, listeners. Knowledge dropped. Yeah. Yeah. See? Uh, boom. All over the place. Yeah, man. You don't get that got... from what, Z? <laughs> what, was the, what was the professor, that psychic medium, doing? Like... What, what was she? Ta- what were they taking Polaroids of? The newspapers, I thought before they disappeared, but I could be wrong. Are you talking? Wait, maybe I'm thinking of a different. Part. No, the research that the wife is doing. She's that was oh. irrelevant. Yes. No, but one of the pictures that develops because she takes the Polaroid and the picture develops is the picture of of the husband. Really? Yeah. yeah. That he, that's in the water later. When he what water? The water when he goes to that. Am I fucking up? Am I confusing the movies now? No, where he goes and he pulls the the photograph out of the water, that big vat. Well, he's talking about one thing. You're talking about another, I think. But it's just, I thought it was the same picture. The picture that's in the water and he pulls it out and then someone comes up to him and then he puts it back down and interacts. I, I, I'm, I'm so confused right now. I'm talking about the pictures that they were taking of the psychic woman. Yeah, that's what the, I'm talking the about. The wife or the ex-wife, if you will. Yeah, the husband right. wasn't um, even a part of that. No, but the thing is, I don't think she was doing that intentionally. They both worked at the same school, which was at a college or a high school. I want to say they said that they were professors, so it should be a college. But how come the students were dressed like high school students, like Japanese I, high school girls? I think three years later, he's not working as a professor anymore. I think he's just working at, at some like high school. Because you could see like oh. he... he, he uh, he doesn't even have like the ambition to teach. He's just sitting there reading, and the students aren't even paying attention. Not at all. Yeah, it's great. That's a <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, he maybe he he had a fall from grace after everything. Yeah, divorced. yeah. He's that's no how... longer. They worked together though. That's what they said in the beginning that they both worked. They did at the beginning. I think they did both work together. But you know, then we do a three year time jump. Okay. So she remained at the university or whatever. Yes, and she's doing some sort of paranormal research. and I believe she's doing that because she has to do it. See, I don't know. I feel like maybe she became infatuated by this because, uh, especially over time, because, I mean, she's literally researching this idea that past and future events are recorded in one specific place and about the newspaper of terror in particular. You know, that's yeah, what she... it's called by, by this Kigati guy. That's True, but she him. doesn't believe him. She doesn't believe her husband, though. She, didn't believe, she didn't believe him at first, but we're, we're talking three years later now. I mean, she even eventually apologizes to him and said, you know, I wish I believed you. So I think, you know, she was coming around and doing all this research and coming to a point of, of believing it. I mean, she got this far. All right, I can buy that. Yeah, there's I a mean, photo. I'm sorry, I'm trying to go back and watch the movie. And that woman comes back in the haunting scenes at the end and drops a photo into like a water bath thing and he pulls it out and it's sort of of him and he's looking at it. It's all in that hose. I thought I was going crazy. I thought I started Dude, mixing movies up. No, this is like audition. It just goes freaking batshit crazy in the third act yeah. for no reason. No, and then he meets the guy that turns into newsprint. And then that's the guy that tells him he's got to relive his biggest. He's in hell and pretty much has to relive his biggest horror again. But you're right. That, it, it, it's bringing in elements. I think that we've seen from throughout the, the first part of the film, of course, he's the guy behind the whole thing behind the whole newspaper of terror that, that Rigatti guy. Yeah. 
you know, they discover, obviously, right. you know, Dave mentioned the 13-year-old kid who, it would have been cool if they showed, like, a flashback of that kid, because they said he died, you know, he bled to death while writing a prediction with his tongue, with the yeah. blood from his tongue. After, after cool. using yeah. shit. Yeah, he used fucking shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, when he crawls, when he's, like, crawling yeah. over to him as that, like, chained little monster thing, that was fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. That was definitely creepy. You know, Absolute Dave is um, <laughs> chock full of problems because I listened I listened today to the last show while I was working. Third no, person. I'm bringing it up now because I'm over here going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because I can't say yes, I agree, because I got vodka in my mouth. So I noticed that I've had vodka in my mouth in some situations and others. I've had food in my mouth because I can't drink vodka without freaking munching on food. I get the munchies from vodka. So... <laughs> People have, have mentioned they really enjoy Absolute Dave, but when I was listening to it, I was like, man, I don't know how I feel about this cat. I could tell he's eating sometimes. I could tell he's drinking sometimes. I may be bringing the professionalism of the show down. Well, you know, you know how caffeinated Christian and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Grimsby feel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was thinking I of a B word for Brandon, and it just Grimsby had to come out. <laughs> Anyway, I, I wanted to bring attention to that so people don't think I'm ignorant. I realize I'm doing this, so I think I'm going to be at a crossroads here where Absolute Dave is going to continue or he's not. I mean, no, I'm pista- Pistachio Dave has been retired. Then, right, yeah, that's all. Hey, when, when you guys bust my balls about it, that's all I need to know. That's all I need to hear. Everyone's their own worst critic, so I, I'm definitely ultra critical of myself. But if you two bust my balls about something, I'm like, okay, cut it out. Stop, don't eat pistachios again. So, and I have not. So, right, but they're right wonderful now, pistachios. They are wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. Um. Now it's just absolute, and tonight it's Gatorade. So, old school. That's what I used to drink when I was like in ninth grade. Oh, isn't that crazy? Ninth grade, and my daughter's in eighth now. Oh my god. Ooh, anyway, sorry. It goes by so fast, man. He's getting all emotional here. See, this movie got to him. He's thinking of family. <laughs> Would you do that? Would you try to relive the same thing over and over again to, to make yourself the victim? Well, first of all, as soon as I saw that thing, I wouldn't stand there with my thumb up my ass. I would immediately yell out to my wife, Get out of the car! It felt like, I think he was just, that first thing was, yeah, he was like trying to put, put everything together, but you're like, do it! It was when they went yeah. back to revisit it the first time, I'm like, you're reliving it, buddy. You've got a second chance. Get a move on, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he was dragging his feet a little bit. The first time, like, when the first relive, and then that didn't work, and he had to do it again and then again and again. But it's almost like the fruits of his labor. Never, No one's going to appreciate it. He gets to appreciate it. They get to live life. He's dead, and he's the only one that knows that he sacrificed himself. <laughs> It's like the butterfly effect. Well, that's the thing that I mean, that's the whole big twist with it is he ultimately realizes that he has to he has to he has to trade places He because he's trying to save all of them. And that's why it's all going wrong. I always take the Eddie Murphy kind of approach at this. She was only what, like six years old. They could have been that (laughs) attached to her. That was his rap oh, on um, Poltergeist, if you remember that, yep. like Delirious or whatever. Like, come on, like. <laughs> so she's in the TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not too bad we can't right. stay, honey. Because <laughs> that's when the wife gets hit. Is when he grabs her and and 
they both get out of the car. Yep. So he realizes that somebody has to be involved in the accident. So he basically so, yeah. shields her. Which is great because you you learn a little bit more each time. Uh, yeah. And and it's it's upsetting. And, and it, it's it, it's like a bittersweet finale. Uh, like I like I said, I finished the movie. I'm like, oh, that movie had horrific parts to it, but I, I feel sad. Yeah, it was sad. It definitely was. Well, it starts off sad, so you, you can't imagine that it's going to get better from then. So, you know what I mean? You're not going to bring the girl back. I mean, that's enough. You see that happen. I would have liked a little more understanding of why why certain individuals got these premonitions and and some didn't. And, and well, I mean, most yeah. of the people didn't, but a few did. And also one thing that confused me was the student of his that he tried to save who got stabbed. She said that she said something to him like, you, you got the newspaper, didn't you? So how did she know about the newspaper? If she knew about the newspaper, wouldn't she have prevented her own death? Yeah. Uh, that was point. a little confusing to me. True. I did like that I scene. Do, I do like that gimmick. Yes. Yeah, that she scene tried was to great. Stop it and then she bled anyway. Yeah, no, that was, that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, and then, all of a sudden. And it was just like a, a good way to um, reincorporate like the ongoing motif of that of of people being stabbed yeah like they it's sort of been set up as there's like these random stabbings happening throughout the city and that just happens to be one student they don't really develop that sub that story that well to be honest what, like student yeah like she's just kind of staring up at the ceiling yeah you kind of feel like it's gonna her. be it's, it's vi- gonna be bigger and it's yeah. sort of just like a like a 10 minute segment of the film and yeah. it disappears yeah very yeah. much so they they that they could have spent a whole good chunk with that aspect of it. Especially because she said something about the newspaper, so it seemed like she had even more knowledge than he did. So it felt like she was going to at least impart some sort of wisdom to him before uh, before she died, but but she didn't. And, uh, you know, look, I, I admire him. He, he did a great thing saving his wife. But couldn't he have yelled out, don't get on the train to everyone? Yeah, so this I know. Way, maybe a few more people wouldn't get on? <laughs> That's Just, another oh, no. thing. That's he another thing. He onto the train, grabs her, pulls her off. Everyone else is dead. <laughs> I I do like how the friend was left on there, and like they're just crying. But you're right. He could have been like, "Don't get on it! No, no, no! Don't, don't, don't!" And like whatever. He, <laughs> he doesn't do. He train, doesn't do a fucking thing. Like just kind of. Where's my wife? Okay, get off there. Don't worry. <laughs> Go, <Goodbye>, folks. <laughs> Toodaloo. He's, bas- he's basically responsible for hundreds of deaths. Yeah, and they don't ever. That's another thing. We we got the premonition. We know that the, we we see the the newspaper heading premonition. But they actually don't talk about any aftermath of that, unless I'm mistaken. Well, they're at her funeral. Oh, yeah. Let me see her. Let me see yeah, her. Why the that? fuck would you let her see her? And then tell her, oh, yeah, the train took off her face. <laughs> and then see her later in the in the, in the the horrific visions. Oh, yeah, that was creepy. With no face. Good. Yeah, there's some good elements, but, yeah, there's some awkwardness of of the storytelling and, and things that could have been definitely expanded upon for sure. But yeah, especially yes. because he had, he was writing so many predictions and it didn't seem like he was doing much to try and prevent them. Even like the one couple who was like, I think the one family that was going to be killed in like a home invasion. He's like, I'm going to call them and warn them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's laying in bed with the wife. I'm like, you might want to get on that phone call. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But sweet, sweet sex. But no, it would have been good if they yeah. showed more of like the the one thing about the student being killed was that it was he actively tried to prevent it and he was just too late. And it would have been cool if it was 
like that with all of these where he actively tried to prevent them, but he couldn't save everyone because he didn't realize he had to sacrifice himself in exchange. But that kind of got messed up because he did save the life. This, it's an incomplete. Like, or, or it, it feels like a, it could have been cleaned little, up. There's a little, there's yeah. a few, you know, questionable things in there, but it's still, I, I still really enjoy the film. Yeah. I liked it. It could have been great though. It, it, it To me, it ends up being like an incomplete. It's like, they have so many great ideas. They execute on, on, on some of the things, but they don't follow it up the way they should in, in many instances. And, I wish they did because this could have been a great movie. To me, it's not a great movie. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, I agree. But man, I, I want it to be great because they have they have a great all these great jumping off points, and then they drop the ball. A good it's movie with great performances. But you're right. There should have been. There could have been so much so much more great to the film. Yeah, for sure. This I, is I totally fine agree. for a remake. This should be now. I don't always say it. Even the Americans, I don't care who does it. But this movie could be remade and explained better. You know, I think what the I mean? Puerto Ricans, the Puerto Ricans, should remake this. <laughs> Just cause. Puerto Rican horror. Yeah. Why not? Why not Puerto Rican horror? Can they pull uh, pull the child out of a lowrider quick enough? <laughs> <laughs> Are those Puerto Rican? Is that Mexican? <laughs> Of it's course. funny either way. Jerry, it goes either way. No matter what I say. Yeah. Jerry, that was Brandon. Yes, it wasn't me this time. I, I, I won't even crack a joke about it. Well, what happened? I've learned not to he crack said, jokes about he's a, he's a, He made a joke on Watt Z about being that Spanish and Mexican, it's all the same. Right. And Jerry, uh, Jerry Cortez took major offense to it. Oh, he didn't take major offense. He just I cracked. think he did. All right, Jerry, get a sense of humor. I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> Lighten up a little bit. <laughs> he, is, he is right, though. It, it, it is all in jest. I mean, I could joke about Italians the same way and say... Oh, you think oh, you said that? I think you did make a joke about that, but... I do it all the time. I can joke about Canadians, Italians. I, what was I going to say? Oh, man. You're going to make a Jewish joke now. I think that's what... I was going to make a Jewish, Jewish joke. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. I was thinking about it today when I was on the road. Okay, yes. How is Dustin Diamond only worth $50,000? <laughs> Brandon, aren't Jews supposed to be good with money? Not me. I'm worth 50000 <laughs> less than that. <laughs> yeah, but you were not saved by the fucking bell. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the bottom line is we can joke about anything. And um, Jerry, I, I, I didn't mean anything. And I didn't say that. I don't know the difference between Puerto Ricans and Mexicans. I just didn't know that's which all, that's ethnic how we took group it, turns their cars into lowriders. <laughs> <laughs> and why would they only have one? Everybody's backpedaling. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, sure. After the recent events, you got to bet. My whole life is a backpedal. I backpedaled right out of social media. That's how far back I pedal. I'm, I'm not coming back for the Fuck next this. episode now. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. One day we're gonna have a show. It's gonna be just patrons, and we're just gonna come on, and we're just gonna say whatever the fuck we want, and get drunk. And just say whatever we want about everything. And bust each other's balls and bust everybody's balls. Like a South Park episode, but exploding head style. I thought that's what we did every you know? show. <laughs> well, to a degree, except we've kind of stepped back because everyone gets offended. Yeah. You know? We don't want to offend anybody. Shit. Especially friends. We don't want to offend friends. We don't want to have a friends. We want to have friends. That was a bad oh, joke. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Absolute Dave doesn't nail them all. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I, that was a deja vu joke. 
Have you cracked that on the show before? A friends? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever said listeners, that. Listeners, let us know. <laughs> I hope not. God, if it's that bad, why would I say that twice? <laughs> and if I had a deja vu moment, what does that say about me? <laughs> Buddy, I don't know. I'm losing my mind more every day. I'm turning dyslexic as the days go by. How about that? I'm 47 years old. I'm All of a sudden, I'm dyslexic. Never had a problem all my life. You you now go ass to mouth too? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's backwards. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Wow. Anyway. Premonition. Yeah. <laughs> Premonition. Good movie. Good movie. 7 mm-hmm. out of 10. Could have been great, but it's a good movie. Amen. 7 out of 10. I'm, I'm right with you, buddy. Yes. Yep. Hmm. I'm, I'm, still trying, I'm still trying to think about that water thing. I don't remember that water. Thing. I don't I've either. Already, I've already passed it by. I remember it's water, the water under the bridge. <laughs> was there a bridge? That was better. Come on. You know what? Wasn't the water scene in Ringu Zero? No, because I just put Premonition back on <laughs> while we were talking. <laughs> you have the right director. No, I was watching it while we were talking right here and saw everything I was talking about play out again. All right, maybe I'm a little confused. I'm coming in a little bit higher, 7.75. Right on, right on the cusp of that 8, but you, you talked me down a little bit. But oh. I really but I really enjoy the, these two lead characters. I enjoyed their 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 character arcs, um, their, their interactions throughout the whole film, and ultimately the payoff is, like you said, it's sad, but I find it ultimately, you know, satisfying and happy and, like, sort of, like, you know, He's more at peace and death than he ever would be if he wasn't living a life, knowing, you know, feeling responsible for what happened. I mean, he was responsible. No, I, I, you're right. And there is satisfaction there. I just find it, you know, just bittersweet. I don't yeah. That's it. <laughs> yep. I'm with you. It is bittersweet. Yes. It would have been funny if the newspaper that was flying at the end it showed the death of like the wife and the daughter the next day. <laughs> <laughs> like all this for an extra 24 hours. <laughs> that would have been cool. Actually, <laughs> maybe in the remake. Yeah. The so the, the Sandra Bullock film was it a remake of this. <laughs> yeah, dude. I didn't even know that even existed because I was doing my, what you call it? Um, um, my, um, letterboxed. And I was saying that I watched it, and then I pulled it up, and I pulled up another movie called Premonition. And it had all these low ratings. I'm like, I don't think this movie was bad. What is this? And I looked, and Sandra Bullock was on the cover, and it was some other movie. I'm like, oh, look at this. Was it a remake? There's also – I forgot what movie it was in, but somebody's like making a joke that they were watching 28 Days with Sandra Bullock, and they were waiting for the zombies to show up. (laughs) (laughs) I remember 28 Days Later came out, and someone joked about it being the sequel to 28 Days with Sandra Bullock, and and it was the best review ever. I can't remember a word of it. Search it on the line. What am I? But I've seen I've seen it like as a joke in in move in another movie and I think a comedy movie where somebody's you know they're watching and they're like oh is this one where Sandra Bullock fights all the zombies you know and I'm thinking that's really funny. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Twenty eight days. Hope later. floats. <laughs> shit floats. That's what I said. <laughs> Let's see if shit floats. Anybody know a movie? It chapter two. <laughs> No, no, not a bad guess though. Actually. Shit floats I mean, sounds like Midsommar. Shit floats sounds like Midsommar. Brandon doesn't like that film, Dave. Oh, let's not talk about it. Brandon doesn't like anything. I do like things. I'm the sorry. new Mikey. 
I'm you sorry. Know. I do. I loved us. I'm a big advocate for us this year. Oh, wow. I there bought the go. 4K. I watched it again. I think I even liked it more the second time. Well, and, and I'll admit that Boiler. watching that film, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's my number one. I mean, I've only seen 15 films this year, but I got a lot more to go. But I will okay. say this. Even watching a film like us, I do realize that there's a lot of things left unexplained that you can kind of pick apart. But for some reason in that film, it doesn't bother me. Whereas in Midsommar, without getting into anything, I'm not going to say anything, you watch this two-hour and 30-minute movie with a cut that's three hours long. That might help and, you. And, and at the end of the day, it's such a simplistic story that it, it's, it's, it almost feels like I, I say that he ripped off his own film. <laughs> that he copied Hereditary. <laughs> it's, said that it's, before. Over, what? it's overly simplified, and everything that you have to research is like almost inconsequential. I will mm. say this. You're the only one that would buy the 4K of us and watch it in a downgrade 1080p version. What do you mean? Oh, jeez. <laughs> don't start I, I don't even know. Conversation. <laughs> I did watch the Blu-ray and not the 4K. What? I only have a 4K player in my room, and I, so I watch it downstairs on the big TV. My dumb joke actually was reality. Yeah, I only have, I only have a 4K <laughs> right? player in my room. I don't collect 4K. I was cracking the worst joke ever in the show's history, and it's actual truth. <laughs> I thought it wasn't even a joke. Well, I thought it was a joke, but I thought you were saying like it was just a really a- bad, badly timed, paced delivery. Everything was off, and it, I still I had a premonition. Oh boy! <laughs> I thought you were saying that it was a fake K, that it was like that it was an upscaled 4K. It wasn't real. Talking about that whole situation. The 4K talk. Oh no. 4K talk. Yeah. I'm an advocate for 4K, but real 4K, the real, the you know, the from the from the native, you know what I mean? I'm an advocate. 4, 4K's for dead. 8K's. The I want to go, go back to full screen. <laughs> I don't care what's scan. going on on the left or right of <laughs> yeah. you. I want analog back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, well, oh, I gotta say something. Oh, please I would, do. I want to say that we have a hundred and I think fifty-seven ratings on iTunes. Oh, in the states, which let's face it, that's where everything is for iTunes. Uh, oh, no, I'm just saying we might have like four or five. Canadians oh yeah, I'll tell you right now, probably not that much. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I need one, and I'll probably less than four or five. It's an embarrassment. Um, <laughs> it's a, well, it definitely is embarrassment when Twenty Two Shots has more reviews than us. It is in Canada. They, they have they run Canada. It's a competition between you and Moose. Who's the more popular well, Canadian? And I'm losing. <laughs> well, you don't have a YouTube page. Well, I mean, you do, but you're not you're not established. I got to do some up. unboxings. Maybe I'll start doing my Friday the 13th caricature unboxings. <laughs> That's what I'll fucking your, do. Your YouTube page would do better if you took down your original content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who needs original content? I could just talk into the fucking camera. <laughs> We got ten ratings. Ten. Ten nice. ratings. Uh, nice. One one star, two Thanks, two four star, and seven five star. One, Thanks, one star. Canada. Well, we always yeah, had that one care. one star. I don't know it's where moods. that came from. You know, it's for moods. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's for moods or Jim K. One of the two. They're both. Most of the, Jim K. You no, know, gave us five star review. Reviewed I us mean. way back. 
very informative, a great last. No, give me a prize already. Remember, What's Jim then- K doing? Do you notice he's going through these franchises that have like 15 films in them? He's out of his mind. He's going kid. through these crazy franchises. He's been out in the sun too long. <laughs> <laughs> he's out of his mind. He did like that 1313 franchise, and now he was doing like the rattle and roll, fr- shake and rattle. Shake, <laughs> rattle and roll. <laughs> it was yep. something like that. I'd never heard of it, but he was like, I'm up to part 13. However, the last oh, yeah. review was from two years ago. Exactly. What's today? Two oh, wow. years ago tomorrow <laughs> was wow. our last review. Uh, that was from one side of, at a time. I kind of got hooked on these guys. I'd like to try a different show, and I've listened to a couple of others, but I always get buried to this one, and I'm always disappointed. I'll continue to try other shows, but this one's my bread and butter. We don't always Ooh. agree, but I respect their opinions more often than not, and I find myself learning a thing or two, which can change my ratings from time to time. I wonder if he still listens. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks, Canada. Though. Thanks. That's Ten one side at a time. Laughing I'll horror and Jim in Toronto. Laughing horror, yeah, right on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's Kyle. Those um, are the three ratings we got in Canada. What about twenty-two shots? Do they have more? They have. They have many, uh, many more. Let's... Ah, well, you know what? Moods must be talking to everybody he works with, everybody he has ever encountered. Seventeen say, ratings. Hey. Seventeen ratings. What did I say? Oh, we had ten. Okay. Yeah. 17 ratings and five reviews. Uh, six reviews. Seven. Oh, okay. oh, no, wait. More loaded up. Sorry. Jim, okay. Jim, Jim's got two of them. I gave him a review. I gave him five stars. I better change that rating. Yeah. Did he give you any stars? No, the guy hasn't fucking even listened. Son of a bitch move. Five stars by Luciani Vision. Super cool. These guys know their stuff and are great to listen to. I'm a, I'm a good bullshitter, eh? Always look forward to the newest episode. Yeah, well, did, I think you made that before Jeremy came back. That right? was your funniest joke of the whole show. <laughs> yeah, waka waka waka. 1080p. <laughs> 11 customer okay. reviews, 17 ratings. They're okay. doing, they're so doing well. We have 157 in the States where it really matters for us. That's <laughs> just the way it is. They're bigger in the States. iTunes, Apple, podcast, whatever you want to call it. We really would like to get that up to 200 before episode 100 maybe on episode 100 when we do it that would be amazing we have 200 reviews on episode 100 let's make it happen guys listening stop what you're doing just start an itunes account and just rate it man just get on there and if you're listening please subscribe that does even more for us just subscribe if you're listening just on horophilia that's fine but subscribe on ours it helps us up just for it's not going to give us more downloads because it doesn't work that way but it will give us more notice you know in in the apple world etc so maybe we can get 200 by episode 100 that would be awesome oh yeah we rule in the states holy shit i changed my country beautiful Mm -hmm. beautiful Beautiful. Beautiful. So yeah, in episode one hundred, should we say it or should we should we maybe maybe wait? They could tickle their tits a little bit. Episode one hundred, we think we know what we're going to do. We think it's gonna be pretty cool. We're gonna have some people involved, although they don't know it yet. But we're gonna have some patrons involved, and now you guys know that. And um we have something special planned. We have finally figured out what we're gonna do and it's gonna be something. And uh I don't know. Should we leave it at that? Yeah, man, we should leave it at that. I just have to say one thing. I've never, <laughs> I've never gone on to the American. I never even knew we had ratings for TJF 13 in the States. What? And <laughs> I just realized that I've got 24 ratings in the States. You none, do? None in Canada. Well, none, not enough in Canada to register. And in the States, I've got 24. Three one-star reviews, 
one two star review, one four star review, and nineteen five star reviews. Nice. I guess the three star reviews they either um they don't like gays. That's the only thing I can think of. That's it. That's it. They're, they're <laughs> yep. They don't like gays. I don't like gays either, but Vince is great on the show. <laughs> Man, I love you. <laughs> People take shit the wrong way. Let me tell you. <laughs> I could say that my father's gay. Is he? No. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe he I thought came... maybe there's a big awakening later. Yeah. No, maybe just, maybe he. No. Will... I, I forgot where I heard that. Somebody said that once I, on like a TV show. I could make that joke. My father's gay. I think it was George and Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Oh man. I got gay nephews. I have uh, I have a couple gay cousins. I got lots of gays in my family. I so got they're... gays. They multiply. <laughs> <laughs> I got gays, you know, and that's fine with me. But what I'm saying is, I can, I think I I think I'm allowed to joke about anything. My wife is black. Um, Brandon is a good buddy of mine. He's Jewish. I have gays in my family. I'm Italian. I can joke about that. What can't I joke about? I don't think I, I don't know if I got handicapped people in my family or not. So I better lay off the wheelchair jokes. But you know what you can always make fun of Tourette's. Fuck shit, piss. Fuck shit, piss. Fuck shit, piss. It's funny. <laughs> it's true. How about this one? My You're like the wife's exorcist mother, all over. Yeah, has Tourette's. No, she's passed away. Unfortunately, oh, my wife's Jesus. mother passed years ago. No, it's okay. My wife's mother was um, mentally challenged. I guess is the word. I'll tell you what. My wife uses the term retard. There you go. Not in public. In the house with me. Well, I'm now, just now in public. <laughs> Whatever on the show, but not 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 in a mean way. Yeah, it's no. like you know what I mean. Yeah, my, my best my best friend is a gay black retard, and he has Tourette's that comes out of his ass. <laughs> so how did we get here? I don't know. And he's also because... part Mexican and part Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> And my wife speaks Spanish, so I mean, like, that must mean something. And she loves Mexicans because she's from New York. She's, you know, I'm in New York. She's from California. She's from New York. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so she's real cool with that whole Mexicali thing. I don't, I don't speak Spanish, but I listen fluently. <laughs> so, yeah, bottom line is we joke about everybody. We bust each other's balls. We bust our own balls and... Whatever. If we ever say any comment, there's no hate behind it. It's all, it's all in fun. So I hope nobody ever thinks that we're, you know, unless we hate you. Of, unless we hate you, but <laughs> if we hate you, we'll have the balls to come out and say we hate you. You know, I don't, I don't really hate much. I don't hate any. I don't like to use that word in my vocabulary because I'm just, you know, I'm a peace lover. He I mean, hates hate people. He hates hate. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't dig on the, the H word. Yeah, I, I really don't. I don't like to use it and, you know. H word. <laughs> it's a bad word. Yeah. It really is an evil thing. You know, I just. I'll say anything know. but the H word. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad one, man. You know. He dropped an H bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just an old school hippie when you get right down to it. And I just joke about everything. You know what I mean? So I do not mean to offend anybody ever. I just say lighten up. I mean, maybe that's that's closed minded because I got into an argument on the Shockways page because I was like, you know, JP said something about people that get offended about everything are funny. And then I said something and I said, we should start a new movement called the Scroll Past Movement. 
You know, because it's the same thing. Yeah, scroll past. Hashtag scroll past. If you just see something you don't like, just scroll past it. I mean, still, everybody's got something in their past and some shit that bugs them out. It's just like they say, if you don't like it, change the channel. It's the same shit. If you're on social media, you don't like what you see, scroll past. I mean, I can't ban clowns. How do you know that I wasn't ass raped by a clown when I was a kid? Yeah. We don't know that. When I see a clown on a freaking uh, Facebook Who's to say it doesn't it doesn't offend me? But guess what? Who am I to say, hey, that offends me? You know what? If I saw a clown, I just I just scroll by it if a clown raped me. That's how I look at it. <laughs> Down with the social justice oh, warriors. I don't even know where we go. How I'm I'm baffled at how we got I to this. I don't know. Point. Absolute Dave. It's me. See what Absolute happens? Dave. We never know how to end a show, as we always Hashtag say. Hashtag me boohoo movement. <laughs> we're not those type of people god oh i'm not making fun of nobody yeah love everybody i'll just edit the last 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) thank you everyone good night everybody see you guys later peace peace out